but yeah, I've done that as well on uh, like voice meter because it has uh, it has like the slider where you can basically move your voice to the quality that you need it to be. Mm-hmm. Your your pitch, the bass, tr- like everything. You just basically move a slider around, and I have <laughs> spent like half an hour moving that thing around, and then like I would take a picture of the settings of where it is. And then half an hour later, I go back to where I, I I like where I was compared to where I started at. I'm like, oh, I moved like maybe two pixels. <laughs> Great, yeah. Great, yeah. The difference. Hello, every. Oh, go ahead. No. The difference for me is I actually have a mixer on my desk, something you're uh-huh. turning and twisting knobs back and forth. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know what any of these do. <laughs> You'll get there, man. You'll be a whiz at all this. And if not, it's okay. Your uh, your producer does it in post. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the end of time. I'm Michael. I'm Chris. Man, it's been a week. Yep, it's been it's it has been a week. Um, trolling this shit. Do we have any well actually from last week? Not that I'm aware of. I don't think so either. I thought there may have been something, but I don't know. Maybe not. Uh, any news related incidents that went on? Besides E3 hype coming? <laughs> yeah, I actually have two news items for you today. Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, for me? Awesome. Uh, well, for listeners, but also you. Also um, awesome. Depend. Um, I mean, you judge whether or not they're for you. Sure. So the first one, um, and this is kind of pre-E3 something, but... Um, I saw an article where they're announcing a Marty, Mario plus Rabbids. Um, I don't know if it's a sequel or not, but it's another game uh, mm-hmm. following it. This one is Mario plus Rabbids Donkey Kong Adventure. Oh, shit. So instead of being in the Mushroom Kingdom, I'm assuming you're going to be on DK Island or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I actually don't know what the name of that island is. Does it have a name? I want to say it's DK Island. Nailed what? it. <laughs> I'm sure our listeners will correct us mm-hmm. unless we uh correct ourselves. Yeah. So uh that's pretty cool. You know, I I have I still haven't even beat the first one, but it's just cuz I haven't gotten around to it yet. Um but it'll be fun having the uh DK crew in there. Uh, see how that goes. The other piece of news I have and the one that is um depending how you look at it, probably the bigger news is that the NES Classic is coming back on June 29th. Hot damn. Yeah, they're doing another run of them. And from what I'm seeing, yes, it is Donkey Kong Island. Nice. So, yeah, good job. Don't even play um, the games and I got it. Yeah. <clears throat> That's a shame, man. You should do that. Good. I mean, I've played a little bit of them, but I don't. I've never owned any of them. So it's just been, you know, playing at friends' houses and stuff a little bit. I'll be talking about it in our in our topic today. Okay. But uh, I don't know if you've, this is actually the first I've heard of this news. Have you seen any details if this is the same, like are they just bringing back the same NES Classic or is this a, a the same NES Classic with different games on it? No, from what I read, it's the exact same one. Gotcha. Um, I could there. double check that, but as far as I'm aware, same one. That's just fine, man. I mean, people still love that thing, and it sold out a lot, so... Yeah, I actually... Cool. I went online, you know, seeing how much they're going for now, um, knowing that another one's coming out. I'm curious to see how the plot prices are. 
And on eBay, you know, they're, I think, it, so it retails at, what, 30 bucks, 50 bucks? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, on eBay, they were from 30 to 50 bucks. I was like, okay, that's cool. And then Amazon listing, like 300 bucks. I'm like, yep. how do I report this person? <laughs> yeah. And how did that reverse? You know, you would think it'd be the other way around. you think Amazon would have genuine local market style people pricing it where eBay would be like, no, I'm just a guy that owns it and will and will knock this price up. Yeah. I don't know. It's crazy. But when you think about it, I mean, Amazon technically is, is kind of, they kind of work the same way. I actually don't know the infrastructure of Amazon. I don't know how they work. Cause I, I believe that independent, independent sellers sell through Amazon as well as, you know, businesses and et cetera. But I don't know. All yeah. I know is, is I have Amazon Prime and I'm quite happy with it. So, yep. Um, I don't believe there was any news. Which Prime that. is actually going up? Yep, I saw that, and that's still fine. I mean, it's. I guess it depends on the person. It depends on how much shopping you do. Mm-hmm. But again, since both me and my wife, I mean, we 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 buy something on Amazon every two to three days of the week. Mm-hmm. We I mean we spend anywhere from like five bucks to a hundred. It just depends on what we're buying and what's going on. But every single item that we get, we get Amazon Prime and it's all two day shipping. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take long for that to pay for itself. Oh yeah. I mean, even with it going up, I think it's going up to 120 now. Yeah. Which it was a hundred before. So well, boy, twenty extra bucks a year. <laughs> I'm still getting free two-day shipping like yeah. i ordered today i will get it saturday morning it's that's that's crazy and if you're uh into physical copies of games you get a discount on them as well right every single one of them um and it's something that me and my wife both have talked about is that we have amazon prime and we have yet to take full advantage of all the other extras that you get there's movies there's music there's books there's all kind of shit that you get and Amazon will remind you constantly, mm-hmm. hey, we see you've been an Amazon Prime member for like two and a half years. Just so you know, you can get like 10 free movies a month. You just go here and pick what you want. And we just never have. <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah, most of the uh, books I read are actually on, you know, Kindle. And I usually mm-hmm. get them off uh, Amazon. They have books that are just straight up free. Um, yep. And they have the ones that are free with the... Uh, it it's like ten bucks a month, but it's essentially a Prime Books thing. On top of what's free, you can pay ten bucks a month and read unlimited books. Kindle Unlimited—that's what it's called. Yeah. Uh, so I have a membership to that because I just I'll go on there and be like, all right, I want to read a book. Let's see what's related to the last thing I read that I really liked. Okay. Oh, hey, this is a seven-book series. All right, I'm going to read it <laughs> next week. All right, what's next? You know. Yeah. Um, you also get, um, and just so you know, Michael, with your Amazon Prime uh, subscription, if you link it to your Twitch account, you also get a free sub every month. Um, oh, is it every month? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was like once because I've used mine on uh, uh, Salty Bet. Mm. So, oh, shit. No, you have to renew it every month if you do it that way. Uh, so, you know, if you wanted to go support anybody's channel uh, with your prime sub you could do man, that your 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 subtle hints are just <laughs> man i can taste it speaking of free shit 
Mm-hmm. Any idea what PlayStation Plus free members are getting, or any idea what PlayStation Plus members are getting for free this coming round? Uh, they're talking about for June or currently in May? I th- well, I think, you know what, both. Fuck it. I think May was Beyond Two Souls. That sounds right, and, yeah. And something, something else. I have not checked out what's coming up for June, though. Uh, I'm going to pull up the list, but there's another game. It was a, uh, what you call it? Um, the uh, PS3. Beyond Two Souls and Rayman Legends were the games from May. The two big games from May, anyway. There was also Risen 3, Titan Lords for the PS3, Eat Them for the PS3, King Oddball for the PS Vita, and mm-hmm. Furmans for the PS Vita. You know what? The um, uh, the other one I was trying to think of, I think, was actually on the uh, Xbox Gold one. Oh, uh, yeah. My bad. It happens, man. It's all video games in somebody's eyes. <laughs> uh, let me see. There is a update from a couple days ago. Sony released their new roster. Uh, but I'm not seeing actual titles. I'm seeing a lot of May stuff still being advertised. Which, I mean, that's fine. I don't, I don't mind it being secret. Uh, Shut out the Colossus remake free for... For PlayStation 4 Plus, don't you wish? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they hold it uh, pretty close to their chest. And if, so. if it's released early, it's pretty much a leak. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm seeing stuff that was, you know, this was a, uh, these dates were just a couple days ago, and it's uh, it's just a, hey, just a reminder, free games are coming. Um, Here's something from 11 hours ago. Let's see. Announced, uh, this is a month long, so fingers crossed for the Order 1886, Uncharted, the Nathan Drake Collection, that's topical, and (laughs) The Last of Us Remastered, okay, that'd be a pretty cool one, but I think I already own that one, um, yeah, so, no big deal, uh, I still tout this, I think it's cool, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that you know, Microsoft does this as well, and I don't know if... I mean, I don't think Nintendo does it because they don't even have a, a true online service yet for the for the Switch, anyway. Isn't that in the works? Cool. We talked about that before. Yeah, yeah it, it, it's coming, and yeah, it is what it is. I still say that it's as long as this PlayStation Plus free game service shit has been around, I have just not been involved in it or just didn't notice or didn't care and then when i finally got involved in it oh yeah bloodborne's for free i'm like oh you guys fucking rock that's <laughs> awesome that's awesome yeah i look at my uh xbox library and it's like you own 160 games i'm like what and then i'm like oh most of them are <laughs> games with gold you know yeah the backwards compatible versions of things yeah so i got some like goofy kind of micro machines racing game looking game last month mm-hmm. and uh the mad max game too i can't tell you if i will ever play those but they were free and i was vaguely interested in one and vaguely interested in the artwork of the other so i was like well fuck it i mean it's free even if i don't play it i don't have to it's free yeah and uh the big one for me this month which i i will probably play eventually 
um, on Xbox was Metal Gear Solid Five. Oh, what? The Phantom Pain. Holy shit. That yep. is a fucking, that's a bomb game right there. That's another one of those 100 plus titles, man. Uh, it's, you still got to deal with Kojima bullshit, but it's a good game. Mm-hmm. The gameplay is good. Um, well, all right. It's been a week. What's what you been up to this week, Chris? This has been a week of games for me. Hot um, damn, I'm not alone. Not not as many, I'm assuming, as you, and not as many as I have in the past uh, in it's my okay. purely game weeks. But I didn't really watch anything, uh, you know, movie or TV-wise. I watch mm-hmm. a lot of Twitch. Uh, yeah. That's, uh, once I, I mentioned this before, you know, once I got done with kind of all the uh, MCU series that were available or that I was ready to watch, decided to take a break and kind of ease off on that. Yeah. Um, just a reminder to the audience, if this is your first episode or, or you're just randomly on this one, go check out our Avengers Infinity War episode <laughs> for, a, for a fairly in-depth review, spoiler-free and spoiler as well. And if you haven't seen that movie by this episode, you need to see that. Yeah, go watch this it. This is just a, re- a quick little 10-second refresh. Go see that movie, especially if you've seen all the MCU movies up to this point. This It pays off. It's great. It is a fucking phenomenal movie you will enjoy. Back to you, Chris. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> getting into the games, let's see. Uh, okay, since I talked about it last week, State of, State of Decay 2. Yeah. Um, I mentioned as a news thing because it was only 30 bucks. Um, I went and bought the $50 pack um, just because that's typically what I do. So I get DLC and stuff ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Um, the game is definitely $30 for a reason. Um, it's not a bad game in general, but it's definitely not a high quality, highly polished game either in my eyes. You don't um, see it as being AAA, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, the graphics, I loaded up the game and I was like, this is a, this just released. Why does this look like this? You know, I'm used yeah. to certain games, you know, and I don't mean to sound like a graphics snob because I'm not, you know, I love Seven Days to Die. Graphics are by no means good in that game. But yeah. for State of Decay, I thought it was a higher standard game. Yeah. That's probably a good way to put it. Um, so seeing these graphics were a little off-putting. Um, the gameplay itself, I think, mechanically is, uh, for the most part, fun. The story is interesting. You know, it's we talked about it's a zombie game, so you know, kind of have the same tropes in it that you typically have. Um, I gave it a few. Excuse me, I gave it like four hours worth of play. Uh, one afternoon, essentially. Uh, one of the uh, big things here that I didn't, I wasn't aware of at first, was that it's not available on Steam. Hmm. This is a Microsoft. Uh, 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 what's the thing when you only one platform? Uh, 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 what's the word? Help me out here. Exclusive. Exclusive. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> A few seconds late. I got it already. Thanks. It's oh. okay. It's um. Okay. Yeah, so it's a Microsoft exclusive, which means you can get it on Xbox One and the Microsoft Store. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and if you buy it on one, you get it on the other automatically. Oh, wow. Which that's the one awesome thing about the Microsoft Store. They do it like that. If it's a game that's on both platforms, you can play it on either platform without having to buy two copies. It is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can play uh, cross network that way too. So you can join in someone else's game or, you know, play a co-op game uh, across the platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a interesting mechanic because this is a very much a survival game. Um, you build up your resources and upgrade your base. It's not a survival game as in you build. Um, you know, you have your little thing. You just put your walls and whatever you want. You know, it's not a base building game. Uh, you have places you essentially take over. And then static rooms in there, you can place things like one of the first things you're told to do is build, add an infirmary onto the house you're uh, taking over as your base. Mm -hmm. And then you can upgrade those as you get the resources. Um, You have to manage your resources because depending on how many people are in your little safe house, resources tick down every game day. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you may, you get, I think at one point I had like, seven people in my place and I needed a ton of food um, because not only was it used for each person, but it also had to do with the uh, medicine I was producing or something like that. So I think I needed a total of like nine, uh, I don't even know what they call it, nine packs of food or uh, whatever the uh, counter is for that. Um, So, and to get that, you just run around and basically loot things, uh, uh, buildings, uh, cars. You can drive cars in the game, but they have durability. And you have to you know, either find or make repair kits to uh, keep them going. You, mm-hmm. the, one of the good things, though, is the vehicles have storage. And the amount of storage on it depends on what kind of vehicle it is. So it's pretty cool. You get this small little, you know, essentially smart car. You'll have like three squares worth of inventory in it. But you get the van, you have like 15. Um, so you, But it only seats two instead of four. So mm-hmm. you have these trade-offs you make uh, when you pick a vehicle to drive around in. And I only played it solo. I didn't play it with anyone else. Um, my understanding is multiplayer is okay, um, but it's not... It's not as good of an experience in some ways. Uh, for example, the loot boxes you can pick up, they are, uh, they are color-coded to particular players and multiplayer. So if one person goes into a house, they may be able to loot you know, half of the boxes. If there are only two players, or if there are four players, one box out of the entire house maybe. Uh, yeah. The others will be assigned to other players to loot. So the other players have to run over and get them. Mm-hmm. So it's a very interesting system, and I heard something about there's some sort of uh, essentially a boundary around the host player. Oh, um, that's cool. So you can't go beyond a certain radius of them. Right, right. Um, it, it's, I mean, it's cool if you don't care about that, but if you want to, say, explore two ends of the map at the same time and split up, not so cool. Um, yeah. So it kind of yeah. depends on your game. Uh your style of play, you know, the way you want yeah. to do it. Um, the other thing about multiplayer is only the host is benefiting from it. You're essentially working for the host. 
you know, in his uh, camp. Uh, so nothing you do will carry over, you know, to any other game. You're not bringing in your character per se. You're just joining them to help. Yeah. Um, one interesting mechanic to the game is that you have to swap characters. You don't mm. just have your one character you run around with and that's it. You have however many characters are in your camp, you can switch to any one of them and play with them. They have their own inventories, their own stats, their own skills, their own things they're good at, their own personalities, personal quests. Um, and you will literally have to. Uh, as you explore and stuff, your character will start getting tired. If you run around for you know a couple days straight, your stamina starts dropping, your max stamina starts dropping, and you're literally at the point where you can't sprint, you can't do anything, and your character's like, Huffing and puffing, you know, acting exhausted. You have to go back to your base and swap to someone else while they're, you know, resting. And you can bring out other people in your camp with you. So if you want to bring, you know, three NPCs with you, you can absolutely do that at any point uh, and have them help you uh, fend off zombies and whatnot. They won't help you loot, of course, but they're extra defense if you need it. Uh, The downside is they take damage. They get exhausted, too. So it's just like you're controlling them as far as uh, their availability. It's mm-hmm. not like, oh, let me carry around this, you know, invincible NPC and then switch to it when I'm ready. Nope. Uh, they have ammo and stuff for weapons. NPC uses it. It's gone. You know, you have that set amount, which is, I think, good. It um, kind of cheapens it in some games where you have your invincible NPC and you just swap or whatever. And it kind of negates the whole... Uh, you know, in the endurance aspect of it. Yeah. Um, but it is a $30 game. I'm definitely glad it's a $30 game. If it was 50, people would be up in arms about this, I think. Um, but for 30, not bad. Especially mm-hmm. if you're a fan of the, you know, survival type thing. I never played the first so I can't give any sort of comparison on how it is compared to the first one. Mm-hmm. But overall, not bad. All right. Um, let's see. So I played some more Destiny 2. Uh, it was actually yesterday. Because mm-hmm. uh, Iron Banner is this week. Now, Iron Banner has kind of been the core of what I've done in Destiny since the start. Because it was the easiest way to get to max light. It was the one event that the drops were constantly improving you. Um, okay. Destiny 2, they changed it towards not that anymore. Um, hmm. It's just another thing you do. You can get some skins now, some different weapons, but they're not going to be high enough to actually make you go up in light level or power level. Um, I wonder why the change. Well, I don't know. But it coincides with how they went to these powerful engram styles with your weekly objectives. Um, I think it's to kind of slow down the rate of increase. Mm-hmm. Um, they want to give only so many ways to up your power level per week. I think last night I started at three, 348 light. Might have been 347. And when I ended the night, I was still only at 350. And that increase wasn't from Iron Banner. That was from the powerful engrams that I got for uh, doing my Crucible objectives. 
and the clan rewards because I'm still in a clan in Destiny 2. Mm. Um, so automatically, okay. as long as other people in the clan are doing things, I can get up to four rewards per week for free from it. Nice. Um, and then my play contributes mm. to our overall rank. So it's not like I'm doing nothing, you know, I'm still helping out, but I don't have to do these specific events to get the reward from the clan. Um, so Iron Banner, this, I haven't really paid a whole lot of attention to it before. I did, you know, a few fights to get the armor um, that I have now. And then I was looking at the NPC, Lord Saladin, that gives you, you know, your rewards. And one of the things before is you had reputation that, you know, every match you completed, you gained more rep. And once you got to a certain rank with rep, you could buy the equipment off of them um, and unlock, you know, other stuff. In this case, they, they're not using the rep system anymore. Uh, you actually have to turn in tokens to gain your rep, which isn't as fast. And I don't know, it seems... I don't think it's a wor- uh, uh, yeah, worse system. I don't know. Um, overall, you know, as far as time needed or matches needed. But I was doing a little bit of math on it. And the ma- the highest level reward in his little shop thing required rank 35. Now, Iron Banner rank resets every time. So you have a week to hit this rank 35. And for perspective, the tokens, you need 20 tokens per rank. Um, it's just, it doesn't scale. It's no, you know, like you need one and four, then you eight. You know, it doesn't do that. You need it's 20 around the board. 20 tokens up the board. So for 35 ranks, that's 700 tokens. Now you may be wondering, how do you get tokens? Chris, uh, how do you get tokens? So... Every match you play gives you some tokens. You either get two for losing or five for winning. So if you won every single game you played, that's still a hundred and it's like 150 roughly games. Still a grind. Still a grind, oh, yeah. yeah. And that's if you won that's every single one of them. Every, yeah. Now I don't know how many uh, games I played last night. I lost a fair amount of them. I did do okay, though. I had a map where I went 27-2 and two, uh, for my KDA, mm-hmm. which was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and both my deaths were in the, like, the last two minutes. It was so painful. I thought I was going to have a flawless game. Um, I actually got the medal uh, that they have in Destiny 2 that says they ran out of medals because I was up to, I think, a 20-kill streak. Wow. Um, which, in Destiny 2, they don't count it's not just kills, it's kills and assists. So it's not like it's mm-hmm. a true 20 kill streak, but yeah. still, still makes you feel good. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, and I had a couple games that weren't that good, but were pretty good too. Um, that just a really quick side tangent. Yeah. That's one thing that I loved about uh, Titanfall and Titanfall 2. I like that they use like a point system for what you do because in Titanfall and Titanfall 2, they have it's. It's not just players that you're fighting against. There's NPCs as well. And yeah, they're almost cannon fodder. But mm-hmm. if you get four or five of them together, they can fuck you up. But it's nice to go around and get a get a kill for something and get an amount of points 
and then go around and get an NPC kill to get a little bit of points and so on and so forth. It still makes you feel like you're contributing something, you know. Yeah. So and I like any that. Re- I'll take any reward. <laughs> yeah, and I like that about Destiny 2's new system because getting assists isn't a bad thing. No, you know, it's good. Just because you, you got 10 be kills on player. your own, that doesn't mean you're better than the person that got 10 assists. Yeah. They probably took down half the health on your 10 kills, you know, in some cases. Right. Um, so it, I really like that it doesn't negate that support role you can play. Um, and that's just, oh, man, another side, just a really quick side mm-hmm. tangent. That's, a, that's something else that I loved about Battlefield. That's another main reason why I swapped over to Battlefield specifically Bad Company 2 and uh, Battlefield 3 because I like playing a support class even whether it's whether it's anti-personnel, anti-vehicle or whatever. I love knowing that even though I'm not the guy out there getting, you know, 37 kills and no deaths, I've done a fuck ton on my side to help the team. Exactly. You know, I brought down aircraft, I sh- I shut off tanks, I disarmed bombs, I I got a few side kills for somebody going across the field. Like, I like that support. And when a game has a point system or some type of reward system to make you feel equally as good as the guy going across the field getting 37-0, and fucking kudos to you, man. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I gave it five hours worth of play last night. Mm. I gained... Five ranks. Wow. So by that math, I need to play 30 more hours of Iron Banner before Tuesday morning to max out uh, rewards. Hmm. Which, if I had started on Tuesday, to be fair, I, well, I mean, I would start on Wednesday, so it's not like it's that much extra time. But if I had started on Tuesday, that's, you know, five hours per day. Yeah. So basically, you're dedicating your afternoon every day to Destiny 2 to reach this rank. Yeah. Um, unless yeah. you win every game and you're not a scrub like me, then you'll do it a little bit faster. <laughs> but, you know. Right. Um, but overall, I still enjoy it. The Iron Banner this week is Control, um, which is, you know, capture the points and hold them. And that's my favorite mode because mm-hmm. it doesn't focus purely on kills you're actually rewarded for holding the zones because there's three of them. If you control two of them, you get twice as many points. If you control all three, I don't know if it's triple or not, but you get extra stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, So it rewards that uh, objective play. Yeah. So yeah, and it's still fun. I still like playing it. Um, I don't know the meta at all for crucible weapons, so I was frequently getting just annihilated. About uh, halfway through the night, I ended up switching my loadout a little bit. Uh, went from one of my scout rifles plus an exotic uh, assault rifle to a different scout rifle and a different assault rifle. And I did tons better. <laughs> so it's learning, you know, or not really learning, but getting more familiar with weapons that I've used in the past and stuff and determining which I'm just better at today because some days that the uh, hard light assault rifle is an exotic it's a really good weapon um pvp it's hit or miss but i've had some really good games with it yesterday not one of those days i could not nail kills (laughs) with that weapon 
Um, I mentioned a little bit before, but uh, for those that don't know, hard light, one of the great things about it is it actually ricochets. So if you have an enemy running away with a sliver of health, there's a chance you shoot around the corner. It might kill them from bouncing off the wall. Um, People like to, you know, sit there and lurk right around a corner. I'll bounce it off the wall opposite and ping them until they move away. It's great. Uh-huh. Um, but with the yeah. current, go ahead. I was going to say, if I remember right, this is old school shit here, but oh, yeah. I think in, I think in Quake 3, it was either Quake 3 Arena or Unreal Tournament. One of those two had a weapon called a flak cannon and it basically shot like a shotgun blast of, of, uh, gigantic, uh, steel balls mm-hmm. and they would ricochet around. And that was the same thing. Like if yeah. you got a direct kill, if you got a direct hit, sure. But also you could, you know, kind of glance off a wall and still get some damage or even a kill. You know, I I like that's fucking cool. I like that. Yeah. And this is this is actually a weapon that was in Destiny 1. Did the same thing, too. Nice. So it was nice. I didn't use it in Destiny 1 very much either. It wasn't until Destiny 2 that I actually picked it up and realized, you know, how much utility it had. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't think the meta right now with Crucible... And with the current balance of the game, really supports it. Uh, I'm actually, I switched to a different non-exotic assault rifle. That's also, I think also from, no, it's not. It's only in Destiny 2. But it's one that has been used essentially since the game launched. So it survived the balance changes and stuff. Uh, It has a tighter uh, spread, so it's easier to aim. Um... Yeah, so Destiny 2 is still fun. Uh, not fun enough for me to spend a whole lot of time with. Um, right. I, I don't know. It's one of those things. I When I pick it up, I enjoy playing it. But I quickly go, okay, I'm not really accomplishing anything. I'll go play something else. Yeah. Yeah. So a uh, fun little game I picked up because it was on sale. And it's been on my list to play since it came out. Uh, but I haven't done it. And I heard horrible, horrible things about the game. But it was on sale, so I grabbed it. Uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5. (laughs) All right. From left field, here comes this game. Yeah. So I played on PlayStation, um, and I think PS2 was uh, Tony Hawk's Underground. But starting on PlayStation, I've played I don't know how many hours with the Tony Hawk. Really? Um, Oh, yeah. I basically 100% the game. Uh, me and my friends did. Even after 100%ing the game, we'd sit there and just see how high of a score we could rack up, you know. And this is without mm-hmm. cheats. So we just sit there, and uh, that was the first game where I actually held the controller, not standard. I had what I think uh, referred to as like the uh, cat's claw or something like yeah, that. Yeah, the, cl- the claw. Yeah, yeah where you team. have multiple fingers on the buttons. Yeah. yeah. That's the only Dark game. Souls folks know all about that one. That's the only game I've ever played like that, ever. <laughs> um, but it was what I needed to be able to switch between uh, tricks and stuff. So I decided to pick up Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5. And, you know, I don't get what all the hate's about. Um, it's fun. I think it's a little harder than the older games were. Um, that also could be, you know, I'm out of practice. I can't know all the sick tricks like I used to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, I don't see what all the hate's about. Um, the only big issue I had when I was playing, and this didn't crop up until later on, 
is I guess the game is kind of always on. You have to be connected to the network yeah. um, because it puts you in a lobby. You can choose a private lobby, but I still, even though I went to a private lobby, which I didn't at first, it was fine. It doesn't force you to play with other people. You're just kind of in the same lobby and then you choose these little missions or there's things you can do in Freescape. Um, and when you do a mission, you can choose to do it co-op or solo. So it doesn't mm-hmm. force you into this multiplayer thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I started switching to a private lobby, even though I was in a private lobby by myself, I still kept getting network errors. Mm-hmm. And it would kick me back to the title screen. Yeah, that's sucks, um, man. Other do, than, you, do you have to play it online? As far as I can tell, yes. I uh, okay, obviously well, let's see, I'm right. not going to disconnect my stuff to test, but um, well, I mean, you could just <laughs> I could. <laughs> that but I just said I'm be, not going to. <laughs> that could be, you know, a root hang up for a lot of people. Is like, yeah. I I like the fact that I I enjoyed the fact that like Dark Souls and Bloodborne, etc., were like always online. I uh, fun fact about my first Dark Souls playthrough. I didn't even know that was a fucking thing. I didn't know that I was actually online constantly. And the first time that I got raided by somebody, I thought that was like some special NPC because I think I kind of got, I kind of got ambushed like maybe a third of the way through the game. And by that point I had already run into, I had already got invaded by an NPC. So I was like, Oh, here's another thing. And this, it was a person and they Fucked my world up. <laughs> I was like, what? And then I think what it, the name is what gave it away. Mm-hmm. I forget the name of the first NPC that I ever got raided by, but what it, the it, the fucking player character was like XX uh, noob killer donkey XX. donkey fuck uh, yeah. raider boy seventy nine twelve, and I was like, that's not an <laughs> NPC. And then I looked, and I was like, oh yeah, oh hey, you didn't know this, but your game is always online. I didn't mind that, but I do know that if you un if you disconnect, it'll still play. And yeah. I know for a lot of people, that's kind of a big fucking deal. You know, if shouldn't have to, play, especially if it offers pretty much a single player experience. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I get that, but I don't know. I'm not one of those that complains about always on because mm-hmm. I'm pretty much always on. You know, I'm not one of those that really has to travel with my console. Mm-hmm. I'm not overseas. I'm not you know doing any of this or that. So. It's not yeah. a big deal to me in general. I mm-hmm. understand totally when that is an issue for people. Um, and it always is good for a game to have a offline mode for mm-hmm. those people. Um, but for me, it's not a deal breaker. Um, the, like I said, the game itself seems a little harder than the older ones. The graphics aren't terrible. They're, they're, pretty much what I would expect from a Tony Hawk game, even now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like they went backwards. It's still better than it used to be. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I gave it about four hours worth of play. I had fun with it. I don't know when I'll pick it back up, but it's one of those games that if I get bored, maybe I'll pick it up and just, you know, do some tricks for a couple of hours and do some missions and objectives. Um, you can Sounds un- like it's an in- definitely an in-between kind of game. You know? Yeah, yeah. Not when I'm going to, you know, block out my schedule to play, but if I have right. an hour before I want to go to bed, I'll load it up and run around a bit. There are things to mm-hmm. unlock. There are, you know, all the customization options you typically have in those games. Um, 
I didn't see anything, and I don't know if I just missed it or if it's not in there, but I didn't see anything about, you know, like doing a completely custom board, you know, where you can kind of spray it and put your own stickers on and stuff. I do know you unlock other boards, mm-hmm. and you can customize characters a little bit uh, based on, you know, presets. Uh, but I think a custom board thing would be pretty good for it to have, but I don't think it does. So... The last game I played, um, I say last, it's last on the list, but not the last one I played, that was Destiny, but um, it was a little game I saw someone playing on Twitch the other day. I actually bought a copy for my girlfriend first, and saw she was having fun with it, so I decided to buy it for myself too. PUBG. Nope. <laughs> it's a game called House Flipper. House Flipper. Yep. Okay. Literally what it sounds like, you're someone that works on fixing houses to sell them up or uh, resell them. Okay. Uh, so uh, the premise is you start out just kind of working on other people's stuff for them, you know, like a handy person, uh, home decorator slash maid. Uh, you know, you have your first jobs are just basically cleaning up trash, uh, mm-hmm. pick up all the trash in the place, sweep and mop and, you know, do all this. And I say sweep and mop, but you just have one broom you use and that's your mop and, you know, everything else you need it to be. Yeah, uh, clean the, the icon. <laughs> yeah, clean the windows, etc. And that's your, you know, you get paid for it. You can choose to either do the job up to 100% or you can say, I'm done and I'm out at like 70% for less money. Um, don't know why you would really do that, but it's an option. Um, maybe for those levels that are, you know, full of roaches and you're like, I've done everything else, but nope, not going near those. Uh as you and there are about 20 20 to 30 of these little uh, jobs you can take on before you ever even buy a house to flip wow um, but you kind of need to you know make money to buy a house with because the cheapest ones mm. are I think it's like 24,000 you start out with like 20,000 so you only have to do a couple to do your very first one but you need money for furniture for all the renovating uh paint and equipment and all that all the stuff you're going to buy in the process and then you just uh load you know you go to the house you clean it up replace furniture paint walls floors uh tile you know panel whatever you want to do uh put in appliances and then when you're ready you put it on the market and these npcs quote-unquote bid on it in this auction format and you find out okay this is the highest person you know the highest amount of person is willing to pay you can either accept or reject or if you've unlocked it you can negotiate Mm -hmm. now i don't do negotiation halfway so when i was playing my negotiation was how high can i force this bar to go Mm -hmm. do they not like it okay then i won't sell it to them I didn't have that problem, though, on the one house I sold. I jacked it up, and the house was like, I want to say it was like, it cost me 40000 Or no, no, sorry, it was the 24000 house. is the very first one you can start with. The person was going to pay me, I think, around 40000 mm-hmm. I said, I want to negotiate for the max. And that added another, I think it was 24000 on. So I sold this $24,000 house for 60 something thousand dollars. Jesus. So I was like, all right, I'm good. And then I left 
And that's when I went on to playing other games. Um, I won the game. Fuck y'all. Yeah, but there are <laughs> there are like 15, 20 houses you can buy and flip. Mm-hmm. Um, you start out, your house is garbage as well. So if you want to, instead of flipping a house, you can buy one of these other nice houses and move your office into it. Um, so you're not working out of this, you know, basically one room. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, two rooms. You have a bathroom. Yeah. Uh, but everything else is one room. How has uh, she been enjoying it? Oh, she uh, she played it so much that she ended up having things she's supposed to be doing, and she's like, "Oh, I didn't do anything at all today." Oh, uh, oh so, boy, she 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 went all the way in. Yeah, I want to say she's flipped like three houses at this point. Um, wow. didn't didn't have as much success on the first one as I did, but the lighter ones, uh, right. Holding out, you know, for the person that accepts the max negotiation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's a it's a fun little game, and it was like twenty bucks, mm. uh, if that. Um, so well worth it for the time that I put into it. I could always go back and play it some more, but I don't know if I will. There's so many other things to play right now. No uh, kidding. I'm kind of getting into that. Uh, these this game rush, you know, all these games are coming out. Uh, Detroit become. Uh, human comes out tomorrow uh-huh so i've already pre-ordered that because that game looked awesome at e3 last year i was yeah. actually looking on twi- uh, on uh, twitter and i don't tweet very often my last tweets were literally from e3 last year <laughs> and my very last tweet was detroit become human looks pretty damn good yeah that was my last tweet so i'll be playing there that tomorrow is, uh... Giant Bomb has a quick look out right now for anybody listening to this episode that uh, cares to check it out. I think it's about 40, 45 minutes long. They're typical quick look fashion. And uh, I think they go over like one or two missions. Gives you, I mean, it gives you a good breadth of the, the graphics, the way the story is projected, uh, the voice acting. I mean, it, it gives you, it's a typical quick look. And uh, it seemed pretty interesting. Um I feel like it's already getting a lot of backlash before the game's even out. I don't know why. Um, I, if I had to guess, I think it's because it's it. This is definitely a, uh, it's a half game, half cinematic experience, mm-hmm. and it's one of those games that leans further toward the cinematic part and less to the gaming part. And I think, I mean, ever since Heavy Rain came out, I think people are just being saturated with these types of games, and they're just like, ugh. Come on, we're tired of this because I didn't play many of those. I don't, mm-hmm. I can't think of any that I played at all. And this game looks interesting to me. I mean, it, it looks, it looks fucking gorgeous for one. But I mean, it's got the whole Android. Uh, this is what near Automata should be. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the uh, everything I hear about near Automata is. I know it's gonna make you question. You know what your moral standards are. If, as far as androids and robots go. Mm-hmm. And I got what they were trying to do with that uh, in Near Automata, but you can see in this game, like, it is definitely a thing. There's prejudice against uh, uh, cybernetic people and robots. There's definitely a, uh, there's definitely a line drawn. And it. Uh, I'm hoping that the game pushes you to make you decide, you know, critical choices like oh, yeah. okay if this was a robot how would you act you know does this matter to you do you put them in the same category etc cetera, etc cetera, so yeah 
Um, I got a little bit of that from the quick look. Uh, you know, we'll we'll see if I got the money. Maybe I'll maybe I'll slam down some money and pick it up. And right now there is a demo available. Um, I haven't touched it. Haven't looked at it. Don't really care. I'm just gonna jump into the game. Yeah, yeah. So who knows? And that's it for my week. Sweet. Uh, I guess we can do a little bit of D and D talk for our rolling line. Oh yeah, line. that's true. Uh, we did. Uh, yeah, I mean it, it wasn't a. But, well, we definitely had a uh, we had a battle this time around. We had an encounter, mm-hmm. so that was pretty cool. Um, for those that are loosely following along in our podcast episodes of our adventure, we were we're still in the capital. The party's in the capital city, and we were going about our day doing some investigation and whatnot. And out of nowhere, this fucking rat guy showed up and literally picked up rats by their tails and flung them around and threw them at our face, <laughs> and it was pretty wicked. Uh, they were readily dispatched, of course. Uh, the lead fucker tried to get away, which uh, I think I'm going to have to have a sidebar with you about uh, mm-hmm. these fuckers that are just leaving the battlefield. Uh, that kind of bugged me a little bit. Not on your end, but just, I don't know, maybe that's like a and d thing that's allowed, but like the guy just like got up and ran, and I was like, the fuck he did, because if I saw that, I'm whipping my crossbow, I'd shoot him mm-hmm. in the fucking leg or something. I don't want that guy to get away. I want to... And then I thought, you know, half the people want to pick his pockets for money. I kind of want to know what's up with the guy. This guy, as far as I know, just kind of showed up out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like, what's up with this? You're in the middle of the Capitol, and you just start throwing rats at people? You're, you're just, man, what's going on with this? Yeah. Like, Who knows? He got, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he got he got captured, and he's uh, hopefully going to be interrogated. And maybe we'll, if, if they can't get answers, maybe we'll go. I mean, who knows? But. Yeah. This was definitely like we were already on a path somewhere doing something, and then this was a little side side path. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll see, we'll see, yep. we'll see what. Uh, and it, it all depends on what the group does. You know whether or not it becomes relevant, or you even learn you know anything else about it. Right. So, how do you feel it went as far as you know the party doing the battle and everything? You think everything went went pretty good? Was it what you were expecting, or so? I'm still having issues, obviously, with battle balance because mm-hmm. I didn't factor in you guys using the guards as damage sponges, essentially. <laughs> um, the NPC, so the battle started off kind of off screen, you know, with some guards trying to help defend the area. Um, and the guard captain immediately gets taken down, and then the other guards are, you know, fighting off their rats and stuff. One of them went down twice, another one went down once. And I think like two party members got hit once each because all of the damage ended up spread out over uh, NPCs or missed attacks on the PCs. Yep. To the point where one NPC got knocked down, what, like twice, three yeah. times? <laughs> yeah, it was. Oh, man. And it was all because, you know, it doesn't. It's one of those things where if you have, you know, if you're going one-on-one with someone, someone else walks up, you're not just going to suddenly disengage and go to fight someone else. You're going to focus on your target until either the other person's a threat or the person in front of you down. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, take the guard down. Now they'll be able to go over on their next turn. But they were revived beforehand. Now, thinking about just now, I probably should have done the move action after the attack to get, you know, that Mm -hmm. distance. Mm -hmm. You know, lesson learned on my end. I'll uh, make sure I remember that next time. But yeah, so I definitely need to, if there's going to be NPCs present, need to ramp up the difficulty 
Um, if the NPCs hadn't been there, that would have been a very difficult fight. Um, yeah. I actually added to it because the NPCs were there. I just didn't add enough, apparently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was it was uh, it was definitely interesting. Again, it was a night that was kind of going along in, a, in a, an investigation mode, and then slam fight. Yeah, so, cool, cool. Yeah, and I really liked that the group didn't just jump into you know oh we're gonna go in and murder everything. It was like all right. I'm going over here. I'm, I'm specifically trying to help civilians out of the area. Right. Excellent. Right. That's you know, much more realistic. My, yeah. I just looked at my HP and went, "Yep." Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 pretty much a fucking tank, so I might as well go. I might as well <laughs> just do it. Fuck it. Whatever. Yeah. Um, but um. So yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see. I feel like I say that every time we talk about D and D on this podcast, but it is. It's gonna be interesting to find out because again, we were already on a path. Where we have this mission already where we're trying to. Uh, one of our party members' father, uh, he is he basically got strong armed by some bandit who apparently worked for this lady, and this lady, and we're uh we're trying to <laughs> we're trying to find out what what's up with her if she's working for somebody if somebody's working for her if we can strike a deal or have her stop or whatever and in the path of doing that we had this fucking guy again in the capital city just pop up and go hey i'm i control rats i'm gonna fuck some shit up and i was like i want to know what's up with this guy i want to know how he's able to do this what's his deal yep um a were rat exactly and um one thing i will say about um, him getting up and running off, it was entirely because I rolled a natural twenty on his death saving throw. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, see that that, that, that I kind of figured it had to have been something because mm-hmm. I mean, for a character to get up, you know, that's a, that's an action, and then to run, and then I'm thinking, man, there's there's six of us here. If if even two of us saw him, we're not going to be just hey, the fucker's leaving. Oh well, peace. But yeah, yeah you roll on that twenty, you got stealth on him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I, you're I, gone. I didn't expect him to actually get away. I didn't think there was enough stuff uh, alive still for that. If other things had been alive, he probably would have had a better chance. Um, yeah. But in that situation, I mean, it was worth a shot. I figured he'd try, probably not work. Um, and depending on how much damage, well, no, I don't think it was technically possible for anyone there to do enough damage to insta-kill him. So he just mm-hmm. went unconscious mm-hmm. again. Because um, it's one of those things in... Uh, D&D, typically your enemies, they're just dead. Whereas players yeah. make death saving throws. Mm-hmm. So anytime I have a you know leader type character, I will typically have them do saving throws. Determine whether or not they're actually going to straight up die. Or if, you know, that also gives the party time to decide if they want to keep them alive or not. Yeah. Um, as opposed to just murdering everything. That was that was something I thought about. I didn't. I thought maybe I just misheard something or I missed something. But I could have sworn that guy was down, like dead or out. And then you were like, he gets up, and I was like, wait, how, what? Yeah, he was unconscious. How did he get up? How, did, how the fuck did he get up? Oh, maybe. Well, maybe there's there could be some magic reason why. You know, maybe he's being controlled by somebody that's mm-hmm. like, no, you're not down. Get up. But who, I, who knows? <laughs> I was just like, he got up. He was dead around, you know, down or knocked or unconscious or whatever. So Yeah, that's why I try to choose my words specifically uh, like I yeah. do. Because I was like, yep, he falls to the ground, you know, unconscious. Yeah. Not dead. Yeah. yeah. But he's, you know, been brought to zero just like a player would. Yep. Um, yeah, it's been fun trying to plan things because 
I think I'm currently juggling three different uh, story plot lines at once. Uh, really only two main ones. Uh, one that's off on the side. Um, but it's it's fun trying to decide, you know, where they're going to intersect. What is actually related to the other? What's a coincidence? You know, mm-hmm. all these things will be, you know, fun to watch the party unravel. Yep. So yeah, that's 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 uh that's the D and D thing that went down this week. Uh, my week. I'm gonna get to the movies first. So immediately after last episode, I want to say the following night, uh, my wife and I went and saw Avengers: Infinity War again. Uh, this is important for me, and I I want to express the importance of this to the audience because you don't know me. And even though I geek the absolute fuck out about certain movies, uh, even though I will like talk for hours on end about certain movies, for whatever reason, and it's not even like a, a money thing, I, I don't really know why, because at, at, when I'm here at the house, I'll watch movies repeatedly. Uh, there's several movies in my time that I've watched many, many times. Typically, when I watch a movie in the theater, I usually only watch it one time. Uh, I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's just like I like preserving the the theater experience like that one time, or if I'm just lazy. I don't I don't want to go out to go see the movie again, or I don't want to spend the money to go see the movie again. Not because I'm poor, just because I don't want. I don't know, but it's I, I honestly can't think of how many movies in my life I've went to the theater and seen twice. This may be, and I'm not joking, dude. This may be like the. The, the the fifth movie I've ever seen twice in the theater. Mm-hmm. And honestly, Chris, I think that's actually stretching it. This may be like the third movie. Like, it's, 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 it's that rare. Again, for me, as a person who will watch movies repeatedly to the point where I can almost quote them, I just rarely see movies twice in the theater. But we went to see this one again, and... I had just the same amount of experience as I did the first time. Like, I already knew all the plot points. I knew what was going to happen. I knew all the spoilers. I knew everything about the movie. But I still had a fucking great time. Again, um, I will say, just for safety's sake, spoilers for Avengers Infinity War, but I'm not going to talk for 20 minutes, and I'm not going to spoil everything. But uh, that moment that I mentioned last time, Chris, where Thanos was on Titan and he'd already got most of the the uh, the, uh, the stones, and he reaches his hand up in the air and pulls the fucking he blasts the moon apart and pulls <laughs> the moon down. I was like, God, that is still fucking awesome. <laughs> that is still fucking cool as shit to see, and I've yeah. already seen it. I already know it's coming. Uh. I still enjoy that movie all the way through. I was still like fucking yeah, like in my mind and my heart was racing, still cheering things on. Uh, such an experience, such a great movie all the way through. I got to pay a little closer attention to details, but I didn't see like a shit ton that I missed the first time. It was more like, oh, okay, well that's that's the answer to that question, or oh, I didn't notice that thing in the background. Uh, but I had a good time. Had a really good time. The following night, we went to go see Deadpool 2. Uh, Chris, have you seen Deadpool 2 yet? Nope. Okay, no problem, because I'm definitely not going to spoil it. Um, so when my wife and I left this theater, 
the first thing I asked right off the bat, usually we ask each other the same thing every time. It's like, did you like it? She goes, she said, I liked it. I'm pretty sure I liked the first one more, but I think that was more just because that was like the first one was out of the blue, like out of nowhere. Like I wasn't, she wasn't expecting the first one to be as good as what it was. And I think that echoes for many people. You know, comic book aficionados, MCU aficionados, general populace, all the above. I think people went to see this Deadpool movie, the first one, and left going, wow, that was nothing what I was expecting. That was really good. That was funny and entertaining and the gore and the jokes and the and the, the R rating taken seriously. I like it. That's what you get when you watch Deadpool 2. Um, it's not really more. It's not really less. It's, uh, I was so on the fence about how I felt about this, and I'm going to quote the two best friends on this. Uh, I'm going to quote Wooly on this. This was uh, something he said, and it would it just put my mind at rest, because I think it's one of those things where like I was trying to figure out what the fuck I was feeling about this movie, and then somebody said it, and I'm like, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Deadpool 2 is not a great movie. Deadpool, and I'm paraphrasing, but Deadpool 2 is not the best movie of 2018. Deadpool 2 is not a 5 out of 5 movie, and it's not trying to be. Deadpool 2 is trying to be a Deadpool movie, and that's what you get. And it succeeds in that avenue. So, you are going to be in one hell of a pickle if you go see Avengers Infinity War, and then a week or two later, you go see Deadpool 2. Because you are seeing the top tier pinnacle fucking five out of five platinum holy shit 96.2 percent rating on rotten tomatoes awesome avengers infinity war blockbuster summer hit movie and then you go see deadpool like you don't expect to get that same thing and that movie is not trying to be that deadpool 2 is not trying to be the best thing in the world what it's trying to be is did you like deadpool here's more of that shit for you Here's his humor, here's the jokes, here's callbacks, here's uh, some stuff that you didn't even see in the theater, here's some extra shit that you have no idea is coming, uh, here's more of his story, here's more of Deadpool. Uh, and it's, it's, it's just, it succeeded in that avenue. I honestly would have to watch them both back to back to really decide if I like one more than the other. But again, mm-hmm. given given what Deadpool is, there's no there's really no need to rank these two. Uh, they're both awesome movies in their own rights. They're both fucking hilarious. Uh, you will, of course, not have that shock factor in Deadpool 2 if you've seen Deadpool 1, and that's totally fine. It's not out to try to shock anybody anymore. Uh, Deadpool 2 happened. They know what Deadpool is, and they're assuming that you know what Deadpool is, so you're just going to get more of that. Um, little side note, something that I thought was very odd, and I, I, completely, I completely forgot about this until the first trailer in Deadpool Pool 2 started playing. A lot of fucking kids in the, in the theater with Deadpool 2. Really kind of, I didn't even realize it again until the first trailer. The first trailer in this movie was some puppet movie that was (laughs) R-rated and blatant and vulgar and sexual and all this shit. And I think the first sentence in that trailer was like laced with fucking or cussing or some shit. And I looked around and went, oh, there are a lot of kids in this theater 
what the fuck did people just forget from the first movie? Because remember, Chris, that was a thing. Like, mm-hmm. I think Deadpool 1 even had, like, a, a teaser before the movie, like, hey, uh, this is an R-rated film, so this is not for kids. And I remember there being a big fucking thing all over Facebook and social media. is like, yeah, just warning, do not bring your children to Deadpool. This is not a superhero movie. And Deadpool 2 comes along, and there was, if there were 50 people in that theater, or 100 people in that theater, like, 30 of them were kids. Like kids, kids, talking, understand mm-hmm. language. Holy shit! There's puppets acting. There's a fucking puppet coming all over the screen. But there's kids in the theater. I'm like, man, you guys, you guys, y'all are in for it. <clears throat> yeah, I, I don't uh, get that. I, uh, I, I don't know what it is, but I don't. That wasn't a thing, you know, before. Mm-hmm. And it seems like lately that's something that's okay to do now. Um. I, ratings haven't changed you know they still have pretty much the same standards as far as i can tell Mm -hmm. um uh what was uh infinity or rated it was pg-13 right i want to say it was pg-13 i think i think it had one fuck in it because i think they're allowed to have one fuck yeah but i don't remember where it was but there was that one something at the very beginning of and i can't remember offhand what it was but i was like yeah i'm glad i'm not watching this with the kids yeah um because even though as a whole not terrible. There were definitely moments, especially at the very beginning, where I was like, uh uh-uh. Yeah. Uh, I'll throw one out really quick. Uh, fucking 15-second spoiler warning for Avengers Infinity War. Just literally 15 seconds. Yeah, Chris, at the beginning, when they killed Loki, when he killed him in his hand by snapping his neck, and you heard the crunch of his neck, and his fucking face turned white and his skin turned all veiny, I was like, oh, yeah, this is not for kids. That's bad. It wasn't like a, I'm going to turn the screen away and it happens. It mm. was there. You saw him do it. I'm like, oh. That is about as times 20 in, in Deadpool, as yeah, it's obviously going to be. I mean, but whatever. They weren't my kids, not my responsibility. It's just... Mm-hmm. Again, very. I was cringed at the first trailer that played at the beginning of Deadpool two, with the because it was a realization that oh, even even in the trailers, these trailers are R rated and they just don't give a fuck. And I'm looking around, seeing all these kids, and I'm listening to all the jokes and all the shit being said in this trailer before the movie even starts, and it's just oh. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we went and saw Deadpool 2, enjoyed it, good movie, go check it out. If you haven't, uh, you and the audience, uh, d- there is shit in that movie that is not even vaguely remotely hinted at in the trailer. So if you're looking for extra content, you're you're definitely going to get it. You're going to be pleasantly surprised too. And quite possibly, arguably, one of the best uh, mid-credits uh, scenes ever. Probably ever, if not in just flat out in a long time. I heard. That. I will tell. I will tell you, Chris. There is a mid credit scene, and then there's a longer mid credit scene. There is no post post credit scene. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. When the actual credits are done all the way, there is nothing else after mm-hmm. that. I will tell you that right now because we did, okay. we did wait in the theater for that. You do get basically two mid credits though. Gotcha. So, um, games. Oh boy. Uh, so I don't know why there was no negative reason why. I guess it's still the fact that I'm still in this weird fucking turmoil thing. Again, this lasts for weeks, if not months. Uh, I did start several games last episode that I told everybody about. 
and I have stopped playing most of them and have started playing other games. Uh, I did start up God of War again uh, last episode. I played through it for a little while, and I have put that game down, but uh, there's nothing negative about that. It's not that I'm bored with it. It's just I'm just, I just don't feel like playing that right now. And again, that's okay with God of War. I'm going to say this, Chris, that this this is how the high pedestal that I'm putting God of War on. I played that game from start to finish. I did everything that I wanted to do, and anything that I left, it's stuff that I just didn't care about. It wasn't like a huge deal for me to get through, like the extra Valkyries. I didn't do <laughs> the rest of the birds. Like there, There is content past the game that I just didn't do, but the package that I got, from the start of that game to the end, and I mean the true end with the with the basically hidden last scene of that game. Yeah. I'm so fucking incredibly comfortable if I never play that game again. That sounds so weird for me to say that because just like movies, I as well will play, have been known to, and do and have played different games multiple times mm-hmm. for whatever reason, and it's not at all a negative reason. I just don't feel like playing God of War right now. On the flip side of that coin, I'm totally fucking cool with that. You know why? That game was fucking awesome. I got my money's worth definitely out of that game. I got my enjoyment out of that game. It's almost the equation of playing of of watching a movie. Like that I got my experience from God of War. So whether I go back to it, you know, a month from now, 2 years from now, 10 years or never at all, it's quite okay because yeah. that game is that fucking good and I got I got my God of War out of that game. That's such a good way to put it too. It's an experience. Yeah, it is. Uh, so I stopped playing that again. It's nothing negative. I just, I was like, yeah, you know what? I just don't feel like going through it again right now. Uh, I started playing, uh, Odin Sphere Left Riser. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm mispronouncing that. And I know there's an official one. I just didn't look it up. I realized right this minute I should have, but whatever. Uh, it's the PS4 remake of the, uh, PS2 Odin Sphere game. Uh, I made it all the way through the first entire mission, and I've stopped playing that. Again, there's no negative reason. I know that I need to finish that game in its entirety. I just said, yeah, okay, I'm just not feeling this. Again, this is that turmoil that I get in when I finish really good games or long games. I just, I don't know what the fuck I feel like I'm in the mood for. When I think I'm in the mood for something, I'll try it, and if it doesn't fit my, if it doesn't suit me, I'll just stop playing it. Uh, not every game that I stop playing uh, is is out of just ah this is bad, especially if it's a game I've already played or I've already beaten. Um, I believe that's it for the PlayStation games. Uh, I have not tried uh, uh, Mega Man, not Mega Man, Mighty Number no. Nine. I have not tried that one again. I don't mm-hmm. know if I ever will. Uh, definitely kudos to Chris for letting me know that that game was free. Because I had honestly said at some point I would probably just buy that game out of out of sheer principle just to play through it and get my my take on it. Uh, you can check out our last episode or even the episode before that where I've already picked it up a few times and try my try my damnedest to 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 get something <laughs> out of it. And it's just um it's, it's like sorry not sorry actually I mean it's it's uh, it's just not for me. Uh, I see the spirit of Mega Man in there, but I don't like the way that 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 game is done. You know, I don't I don't like the way that that's that that game is that game is like Mega Man. 
You know, it's yeah. not a Mega Man game. It tries to be. It has the spirit of it there, but it's 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 like it's like having a, a fucking standard truck and you're fucking up first gear trying to go four. Like you know <laughs> it should go, but it just won't. It's just herky jerky mm-hmm. and whatever. So um uh no PlayStation three games. I think the last one I talked about was three D dot game heroes, set my piece on that. Probably not gonna go back to that one. Um Steam games, so I'm still working on, uh, at a much slower pace now, doing the uh, Sonic uh, Sonic Mania. I have three more emeralds, emeralds to go, and that's it. A uh, little pro tip for you or anybody else that's playing that game. If you are ever, if you didn't get all the emeralds on your first playthrough, that's okay. Don't feel bad, neither did I. I'm not some fucking pro gamer, so don't expect it from me anyway. But if you go to Chemical Zone World 1, you can get to the special stage within like like 40 seconds every single time. There's a path you can take. Uh, basically, you go to the right. You drop down where you need to drop down, and there's going to be a four-way. At the four-way, take a left and follow it all the way to the right, and you will always get... It's basically the quickest way for you to farm the emeralds, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those that don't know in Sonic Mania, the way that you get the emeralds in this game is you do basically the graphics kind of look like pseudo Sonic Racer, Sonic R, and you have to follow this. You basically have to chase this flying robot around that has the emerald in its clutches. You gain rings, you collect rings to to increase your time being in the zone, and you uh, pick up these blue spheres to increase your speed. The idea is staying in this world long enough and then getting fast enough to catch up to it. Uh, I've gotten four of them. I've got three more to go. And this third one, this this fifth one, sorry, is just kicking my fucking ass. <laughs> and I keep trying and I keep dying. I get close. And, I mean, it is what it is. I just haven't got it. But it's it's now gotten to where in between games I'll go back to it. You know, I'm not I'm not, like, strictly forming it. I'd like to get those three because I'd like to get I'd like to try to get more things in Sonic Mania. I want to put more time into that game. Um, Mega Man Nine, still playing through that. I have officially beat all uh, eight Robot Masters. Woohoo! Which means now I'm now in the Wily area. Uh, I should have known this because this is how it's always been. Well, it's it's definitely how the old school Mega Man games were. So I made it past the first Wily area into the second one. Uh, I was dying, I was dying. I felt like I was done for the night, so I saved and then quit the game and then went back to play the next day and realized it starts you all the way back at the beginning of the Wily area, no, man. which is understandable. I mean, that's not, that's, I should <clears> know that. That's how it's always done. I just kind of expected it to not be <laughs> since they had a save feature and all that stuff, so... Um, it also uses uh, save states, which I didn't realize until way later, but it's not actually a save state. It's more like a checkpoint save state, which still is a fucking, it's a, that's a blessing from the gods to be able to respawn at a checkpoint. And that's something that I would argue for people that have, you know, their sayings about it, uh, to, you know, use that. I mean, I, I do. I have. I'll tell you right now. I use checkpoint save like a motherfucker because I have come from the age of playing Mega Man two, three, four, five, six, where all I didn't have I didn't have checkpoint saves. I had a password, 
and that's it. So I'm making my way through Mega Man 9. I'll beat it eventually. I'm I'm happily just breezing through it. I'm not trying to beat it in a day. I'm not trying. It's it's also kind of becoming an in between, picking up when I feel like it. Um, I feel like there were a couple other Steam games that I also picked up and put down. I think I I think I played Slain a little bit more, which is a side-scrolling slash 'em up style game. Uh, very little bit. I mean, literally picked it up for maybe maybe half an hour to an hour and put it down. Um, but the one that I just started playing again because I've had an itch. I've had a itch to play a few games, mm-hmm. uh, a few older games. I like. I, I've been meaning to go back through the entirety of the Wild Arms series, and I say that because I've only ever played through and beat Wild Arms one. There are mm-hmm. what five of those, yeah, six I, of those. I have one on PlayStation and four on three sixty. Yeah, or what? It might have been Something. PS three. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There are. I I knew this. In my teenage years, that there were sequels to those games, I just didn't realize it until like the the, the second or third. I, f- I forget. It was kind of a surprise to me when I found out that that, that Wild Arms had sequels and had yeah. so many. Um, I'm on the fence of whether I want to go back through Wild Arms one or not because if I remember. The, what I remember of Wild Arms 1 is the story, the the gameplay was good. There's a lot of puzzle elements in Wild Arms, but the story kind of went off the rails like two-thirds of the way through. <laughs> Definitely got kind of weird, alien-y. I, I don't remember, honestly, because I've only been through the game once, and I know nothing about the sequels. So I'm debating whether I want to go all the way through Wild Arms 1 again or just start at 2. That's a decision for me to make for another day. Uh, somebody somewhere, maybe it was Giant Bomb, maybe it was Two Best Friends, hell, maybe been Easy Allies, I don't remember. Somebody said that they were going through the uh, Sly Cooper games, and I was like, oh, shit, yeah, because I've only ever played through the first Sly Cooper, and I think I've played through two for a few hours, but I never finished it, and I've not played the third one either. Uh, I remember Sly Cooper, I'm, I liked Sly Cooper 1, very, very good platformer game. So it was another one that I, another series that I wanted to get back into. Oh, before I forget, there was a PlayStation Four game that I worked on as well. Uh, I went back and started the Uncharted series again. Nice. Uh, I have now. This is going to be kind of bad, and we're going to see what the future holds for me. But <laughs> I have the remastered collection on PlayStation Four, which is Uncharted One, Two, and Three. Yeah, that's what I have. I, I have Uncharted 4 by itself, and I have Uncharted Lost World or Lost Legacy by itself as well. So I have five of these Lost, uh, these Uncharted games. Um, I had played Uncharted 1 before. Uh, apparently I made it through about maybe three, four hours of that game, uh, and something came along and stopped me from playing it. I, I want to say maybe in Breath of the Wild. I don't, maybe it was Persona 5. I don't remember. But I started that uh, this week. I went, started all the way back through, started the game brand new, started with one. I beat one within a few days, like maybe two or three days. And again, mm-hmm. I'm not bragging when I say that. I'm just saying that I, I played it diligently, and that's how short it was for me. Um, and it was pretty good. Story was pretty good. Gameplay was pretty good. I mean, for as old as the game it was, 
it it was all right. And then I started to play the second one. And it was kind of more the same. Definitely has some more cutscenes. You can definitely see that more money was put into this game. You can see the upscale, the uptick in graphics and story content, mm-hmm. voice acting, all this. Very few additions to the combat here and there. Like you could pick up a shield. That's pretty cool. A few extra weapons. A little, a little bit more variety in the weapons. But it's you know set piece combat, set piece combat, story, story, set piece. I just, uh, I'm not, I'm not really feeling it. And uh, I asked, I asked around just to get some, you know, some popular opinions. Like, hey, of all five of these lost, I mean, I keep wanting to say lost legacy. Mm-hmm. Of all five of these uncharted games, what one is the best one? Like, what is the creme de la creme? And most people are telling me it's pretty much the second one. Like the second one, it's it's kind of got the Assassin's Creed thing where hmm. you know the second one is the best of the best. Kind of disheartening to hear that because I've only played about three or four hours of the second one, and I'm just—it's not that I'm not feeling it. It's like I don't. There's no hook in this yet for me. Like yeah. there's no like, oh shit, I'm in this series now. It's more like, okay, I've done all this. I did most of this in the first one. Uh, some questions have come to mind, like uh, I remember there being a love interest kind of setting up in the first one, and I haven't seen that yet in the second one. I, di- I think I did see her pop back up, but and that was pretty cool to see her and this new girl interact, but I don't know, man. Uh, it's not horrible. It's not a bad game at all, especially, again, giving, a, uh, giving the remastered. I have found some bugs here and there, a little glitchiness in the combat here and there, but... Uh, I I stopped playing it, uh, and again, it also is not bad. I didn't drop it because it's just piece of shit. It's just more not mm. interested. You know, I was hoping to get more. And it's kind of a sad tale, especially since I bought five of these fucking games. <laughs> um, I maybe I kind of do feel like I kind of owe it to myself to continue playing through them. Yeah. But I'm not the type to just play a game just because I bought it, and I'm definitely not the type to force myself through a game. Unless I know a reason. Like, uh, I hate to bring it up again, but Dark Souls is a reason. You know, I almost wanted to stop playing that game. And people said, no, 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 no. Just, you, you, I'm not going to tell you how you're going to get it, but keep at it. You will get it. And holy shit, I got it. Uh, I feel like I'm already, I've already got what I need to get out of this game. There's no uh, Uncharted 2. There's no, like, extra combat shit for me to figure out. Because it, it's the same combat, basically. So, uh... Picked it up, put it down. Be I'm done with that for for a good while. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other games. I was actually starting. I was trying to make a list, and I <laughs> I have lost that list of the games where I've I, I want to go back to this. Want to pick this back up. Uh, definitely, Sly Cooper came to mind, and Wild Arms again out of nowhere. The game that I did start playing, uh, actually, as of yesterday, uh, that probably going to go all the way through with this one because it's feeling pretty good. I started playing Final Fantasy 7 again. Mm-hmm. I picked this up for on Steam, man, months and months and months ago just because I just cuz I wanted to have it on a, on another yeah. platform. I've never played the PC version, so just interesting to see what it was like. Uh kind of had some roadblocks initially because all right, so I I have an issue that I have never sat down, I have yet to sit down and actually thoroughly troubleshoot and or get a workaround for. Um, the way that my system is set up, 
the way that my gaming battle station, as uh, gamers like to call it, is set up is that I have two large TVs. I have a, a 55 and a 60-inch TV. They're both HD TVs. I have my computer running through my 60-inch HD TV. Uh, so the resolution on this monitor, on this TV, is like like 3,500 out of by 2,700 something. Mm. Some weird large number of a resolution. Most of my programs, most of my apps, Firefox, Audacity, uh, Steam itself, most of most of my programs, the resolution is fine. The screen size is fine. It's adequate. Some programs, and also some games and uh, uh, UIs, are incredibly fucking tiny. Because mm-hmm. they're just they're rendering on they're rendering on such a big screen, but on such a small size. Yeah, uh, and it's fucking aggravating because I'm not gonna go into my you know resolution settings and drop the resolution just so I can see something and then blow it back up for several reasons. One, most importantly, is when you do that, it's gonna fuck up so many settings that you got to go back and retweak again. You're going to have to retweak other apps, and I'm not doing all that bullshit. So I had an itch to start playing Final Fantasy VII, so I did. I pulled up Steam, double-clicked Final Fantasy, installed it, took like two minutes, click play, (laughs) and the UI that pops up first, it it was so fucking tiny. Like, everything is squished and compact together, and I tried to go to settings and change the screen resolution, that didn't do any good because all that does is change the resolution of the game when the game actually launches. So I had to go back and forth trying to change the game's resolution and then starting the game and realizing the screen was too big still or the window was too big, closing the game back out, opening the UI again, uh-huh. changing this back and forth, back and forth. Once I finally got... And this is also, this sounds so fucking lazy, but it's also me getting out of my chair and going up to the screen and squinting to try to read what the (laughs) UI is saying because, again, everything is small, squished, and crammed. So once I got the game screen and the game graphics and all that shit set where I wanted to, I started the game and was immediately roadblock again because I'm playing with a controller, my Xbox One controller, and the fucking thing wouldn't let me do it. I found a workaround. No, I, I, f- so actually, this was day before yesterday. I started this. I got fed up and I said, "Fuck it, I'm not dealing with this. I, I'm gonna be a whiny little fucking baby and quit. Fuck it, I'm not doing it." <laughs> and then yesterday, I was like, "Fuck that, I'm not gonna fucking quit. I'm not about to be beat over a screen UI or a, or a controller issue because I'm, if I want to play this fucking game bad enough, I will pop out XPad, uh, XPadder, or something or X input, whatever." Yeah. And I'll do it. Like, it's no big deal. So I looked up a workaround. I looked up a, tr- uh, I looked up, you know, just like a troubleshooting issue. Found a fucking YouTube video, all of one minute long. The the fix for this shit is when you start Final Fantasy VII through Steam, the first screen that pops up is your controller layout or your button layout. All you have to do is press the OK button on your keyboard, which for me was the was the X uh, key. Mm-hmm. Once you press that, the next the then the actual game starts, and you can control it with your controller like no big deal. I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" 
I had to press again. I had to press a just one key on my actual keyboard to get the game going. Whatever works just fine. So I'm going through Final Fantasy VII now. I've uh, not not too far at all. I haven't put like 20 hours in this shit yet. I think I'm literally at Aerith's uh, adopted mother's house. That's how early this this is mm-hmm. for me. Um. I will be playing around with like maybe cheat engine and shit and fucking around with numbers and levels and whatnot because God, I like think I beat Final Fantasy VII like fifteen times in my life. So, yeah. I mean, uh, the game itself, the launcher has options you can pick. If I'm not mistaken, yeah, yeah it does. And uh, so I'll just be fucking around with that shit. I'm not. I'm not trying to do anything. I'm not trying to break any records or you know, fucking beat this game at level 20, no stupid shit. I, I really just want to go through Final Fantasy again and, and relive some of those old school memories. Uh, I kind of, sort of, maybe had an itch to, to as well go through 8 and 9, but I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to do that. <laughs> I haven't played 8 since I was in high school, so that mm-hmm. was well over two decades ago. And... Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I also remember nine having kind of a uh, kind of having an off experience with nine. Um, so I don't know. That's who I'm definitely not putting a staple in that. I may or may not play eight or nine after, or I might do Sly Cooper, or whatever, whatever else I decide to play. The fact that I have settled down with a game right now is a is a fucking miracle. Because again, <laughs> yeah. I'm in that fucking. I'm in a fucking turmoil, man. I'm either going to work on 10 games at one time or I'm going to plow through one and it is what it is. It's just a mm-hmm. it's something I've just dealt with for a long time. And you know, I've I've actually researched this too. I've looked into it as well uh for other people and the the consensus I found out is that this is an experience that that a lot of people this is a phenomenon that a lot of people experience through many types of media. Uh, people that go through like a long book and read a really engrossing, entertaining, awesome book. When they're finished with it, they're like, well, now I feel it's not empty. That's a, kind of a bad way to say it, but that's kind of how you feel. Mm-hmm. You're kind of lost, so to yep. speak. Uh, m- movies as well. You know, people will watch a really like it. I would imagine for somebody that watches the entirety of, say, like the Harry Potter uh whatever the seven elegy word is uh if you're <laughs> the really, franchise <laughs> right if you are really really into harry potter and then you you didn't watch any of them but then you watched them all in a row and got all that harry potter experience when you're done i could see how it's like oh well, fuck what do i do now you know um I've had three of these uh th- though this is not these are definitely not the only time this has happened but uh, for the audience that's been following along on my adventures, mm-hmm. you have to think, man, I've played through Breath of the Wild, Persona 5, and now God of War. That is three titanic, awesome, five out of five games back to back to back. And after every one of those, I'm like, oh, I don't know what I want to play. <laughs> I don't even know what I want to play. Like, I'll try to play something and it just don't fit. I'll try to play something else and it's just not good. Or I'll play something else, and I was like, ah, I just don't feel like playing this right now. Mm-hmm. I can't even tell you what synapses in my brain popped off to make me want to play Final Fantasy VII again, but it did, and I'm doing it, so it is what it is. Yeah, we'll see I've what actually, happens. Go ahead. I've actually been debating on picking it up and actually getting back into the speedrunning side of it. 
Yeah. It, uh, I mean, we we talked about last episode about old Final Fantasies, and I I had mentioned if you remember that I I wanted to go back to Final Fantasy V again just because, mm-hmm. and because I've only played that game once, and I don't remember a damn thing about it. You know, it'd be nice to go back through it at this age and be like, oh yeah, this is what was off or what I shouldn't remember, or oh I didn't even remember this really cool part. But yeah, Final Fantasy VII swept in first. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I watched a. Uh uh 100% speed run of Final Fantasy 7 um oh wow yesterday and today it's a 22 hour run yeah so that but see when you say that to me though I'm like yeah yeah good mm-hmm. I like that um let's see let's see I'll let that out don't worry yeah <laughs> Uh, let me make a note of that real quick. One thirty-two twenty-seven. Um, I can't think of anything else. I got a question for you. Okay. Um, are you going to play Dark Souls Remastered? Um, comes out tomorrow. Well, technically today because someone screwed up on the the start date of being when it's available on Steam, but it's supposed to come out tomorrow. I gotta tell you. Mm-hmm. Gotta tell you, I don't know if I will. If I I have Dark Souls remastered in a mental category right now, of that may be a game I buy years from now just to have another game in my Switch library. I may buy that game just to add to the the library. I don't have a drive to play that right now. Okay, because I have played, I've played Dark Souls it. I've beaten, I've gone through Dark Souls at least four times on the Xbox 360, and I've gone through it probably another four or five times on, on PC. PC being the uh, additional one where I had mods attached to it and have done all kind of crazy shit in that game now. So mm-hmm. I believe the, uh, the the additions to the Dark Soul remaster is that it's supposed to be the graphics are supposed to be better and it's supposed to have a 60 frames per second uh, frame rate but that that's not enough to draw me to that game like there needs yeah. to be there has to be some extra extra content like if there was brand spanking new extra DLC maybe uh, if there were more weapons more armor something maybe but man i've put in i put a lot of time into dark souls a lot and uh i feel like if i wanted to play it again right now i would probably go back to my pc uh and pick up my new game plus six or something you know (laughs) yeah uh for those that have never played dark souls or have only played it once or twice or are just interested in playing it for the switch Fucking go for it. That's Dark Souls. That's Dark Souls portable. That's Dark Souls on the go. It's supposed to be supposedly. It's supposed to be a better version. So, kudos to you. Pick it up. Try it out. Get into that world. That is a that is a series that needs to be felt and experienced. So go for it. But for me, that's like I've fucking done my time, lots of time, and have got my thoroughness out of that game. Nah, don't don't really feel like it. Um, interesting point of you bringing that up too, because and th- this kind of leads to why I said I I wanted to buy it just to have it to the library. I'm still not seeing a shit ton of games on the Switch that I'm looking for. Yeah. Um, 
I know Easy Allies did a uh, the, on Friend Code this this week. Uh, uh, Michael Damiani was making a big thing about the uh, the Star Fox Racing game coming out, and they did bring up an interesting point that I kind of echo too. You know, I remember a long time ago that uh, this is this is pretty much directly from them, but it's just something I want to echo. When uh, and I was on this fan, I was on this bandwagon too. I have no problem admitting it, man. When uh, Metroid Prime was announced and Metroid Prime was talked about before it came out. There was a big to-do about it being a uh, first-person shooter, basically. You know, this this traditional side-scrolling Metroidvania game was now going to a first-person perspective with all these 3D graphics. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, I remember, I remember it being a big fucking deal. And I remember me being one of those people going, yeah, I don't know about that. Like, not only looks... I don't know how they're going to do it, but mechanics, like how are you going to do a space jump with that? How are you going to do, you know, a, a, a hook shot? Like, how are you going to do all these things? And holy shit, was I fucking wrong? <laughs> they took that game and well, okay. They didn't necessarily take the genre. The genre was pretty much the same. They just took the perspective and made it different. But in any event, and that's not the. This is not the first time where a game has come out that you know of a game being one genre, and they swap the genres, and maybe it'll be good. I don't know what this Star Fox Racing game is supposed to be, but who knows? My my argument against this game is not the fact that it is a racing game. That is not my. That's not strictly my issue. Um, if it's good, if it, if it's good, it's good. If Nintendo puts its fucking Nintendo magic touch on this game and they make it fucking awesome, you know, like the rabbits game that nobody thought was going to be good and people love, then bravo Nintendo, you did it again. Awesome. My, my issue with this game is if, if I got woke up one morning by Chris just blowing my fucking Facebook messenger up. It's ding, 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 ding. And I'm like, oh shit, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Dude, you got to get on Nintendo Direct right now. You got to do it. It's Star Fox. Star Fox, Nintendo Direct right now. And I'm like, oh fuck yes. This is what I've been waiting for. Yes. And I turn on Nintendo Direct and it's fucking Star Fox Racer. <laughs> That's what pisses me off. We've had Star Fox 1, okay, mm-hmm. which is good. As a starting point, was a damn good way to get you get as a starting point for okay. This is what Star Fox is going to be like. Then you get Star Fox sixty four, which is the pinnacle for me, in my opinion. And it's it's more Star Fox, but better. You got three D combat. You've got more options, more weapons, mm-hmm. uh, more story shit involved, and voice acting for people that don't like it. Fuck you. I like it just fine. It had Star Fox sixty four had a life all to itself, and it's 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 uh, aerial combat for eighty percent of the game, and you got ten percent tank combat, but it's the same fucking kind of combat, and you got submarine combat, but it's the same fucking thing, and you're like, yes, this is Star Fox, and then the next game, not the same, the next game, not the same, the next game, some of the same, but not really the same, and then another game, not the same, and you're like, can somebody please just give me fucking Star Fox? Mm-hmm. And then they shit out the Star Fox game for the Wii U that nobody likes. I'll admit I have it and I'll play it to get my opinion, but nobody likes that game. That's 
And it that is supposed to be and all all that game really is 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 a is a uh, remaster so to speak a redo of Star Fox sixty four. So you still have no new Star Fox game. Yeah. And then this shit gets announced, and you're like, "Finally, thank you, bring Star Fox back." Oh, wait, it's a racing game. Can I please? Can we, as a Nintendo fucking audience, as a Star Fox audience, can we please just get a fucking space combat Star Fox game back? <laughs> Give us twenty, thirty, forty fucking beautiful gorgeously rendered as much as the Switch can render them, aerial combat, bring back some good combat with tanks, bring back some submarines. I don't care how you do it, but stop giving me these games where Star Fox is on foot with a fucking rocket launcher. Stop giving me these games where I'm in an R-Wing for a little bit, and then I'm out of the R-Wing doing some other shit. Stop giving me these pseudo-fucking RPGs. Like, stop. And and if you're gonna remake Star Fox 64, don't make it completely rely on a gimmick like having the fucking tilt control be a thing. <laughs> Just give us a Star Fox combat game. That's what we want. You're not Metroid priming this Star Fox. You you haven't done it yet. And if this does it, well, great. But damn, what Metroid was way different. We had Metroid, Metroid Two, Super Metroid, Metroid Prime. We didn't have fucking Metroid, the the RPG tales in between. You know, we didn't have Metroid, the combat racer in between. <sighs> Sorry, I had a tangent <laughs> on that one, man. I had to. That's. I just want people to understand, like, I, I did when Chris brought it up, and again, when I saw it in the news and features and social media, I did go, Star Fox Racer? Ugh. But it wasn't because I want to bash Nintendo for trying something different. I know they've done. They pulled some shit out of their ass. It's more like, racer, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not what we want. It's not what we deserve. Hate to sound like a dick like that, but it's, it is what it is. <laughs> Any event, I think that'll pretty much wrap it up for my week. I guess we can roll right into today's topic. Yep. Which is, uh, and I want to lay out a quick apology to you, Chris. I wanted to tell you that, um, and this is more. This is also for the audience as well. Um, today's topic, in a paraphrasing way, we're going to talk about games that are sequels that are better than their predecessors. But I want to throw some some guidelines out here. Uh, one. And just kill me later if, if if this kind of fucks the list up for you. But okay. these games do not have to be like this was the first game and this was the second game. So like if the series had five games, let's take uh, Assassin's Creed. Mm-hmm. Assassin's Creed 4, Black Flag, we can both agree, was way fucking better than Assassin's Creed 1. Yep. So the list doesn't have to be Assassin's Creed 2 is the best because mm-hmm. the first one was out. It can be any sequel in the franchise. Yeah, that's what I'm off to. Okay, good, good, good. Also, uh, I this is a personal thing. doesn't matter if you did it or not. It's totally okay. But I didn't pick games that are not technically direct sequels to the franchise. Yeah. Uh, case in point, Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. Final Fantasy V, I mean, Final Fantasy VI, to me, pinnacle of the series. 10 out yeah. of 10, best, can't get any better. But 
it also has a fuck nothing to do with Final Fantasy V. Yep. Has nothing to do with Final Fantasy IV. Three, yep. two, one. It has some some. They have some typical tropes in there. Yes, but Super Mario Brothers Two is a direct sequel, so to speak, to Super Mario Brothers One. That's mm-hmm. a sequel that we're talking about. Uh. Uh. So I that's I I basically I didn't pick any Final Fantasies. I didn't pick any Dragon Quests. I didn't pick any ones that are like way the fuck off. I tried to pick ones that were direct sequels and improvements mm-hmm. on the direct lineage of the games. Um, don't really know how we can do this. Uh, if you want a number, Chris, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I've got close to fifteen-ish games here. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we can do is we can just start rattling them off, and if we have the same game, we can both talk about them. Uh. Either way, we got man, we got plenty of time, plenty of games yeah. to talk about. I've uh, I've got the first one for you. Okay, go right ahead. I was going through making my list, and you know, so I was getting pretty deep into it. Mm-hmm. I came to one, and it's pretty much all of them, or most of them. That's my overall summary to this. Okay. Um, I think it's actually harder to find ones that aren't better, because um, <laughs> I started looking at just games I played. You know. And I started doing more research into, okay, what do other people think? And I was like, uh-huh. yep, pretty much lining up. And then it's like, yeah, yep, 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 yep. You know, uh, before before you start, too, this <laughs> is something else that I, that I realized was a challenge. I was trying really hard to find some where the first game was bad and the second or third or fourth game, whatever, was like way good. Mm-hmm. I tried to. I was trying my hardest to be like, man, I don't. I could not stand this game, but the sequel came out and it was great. Honestly, I couldn't find too many. Like I found somewhere like the first game was okay, but not like garbage pale material. Yeah, uh, I just I found that to be an interesting personal challenge on my end. <laughs> so, all right. So, what's the first one you got? Um, so the first game on my list, uh, Far Cry 3. Okay. Um, uh, this one, and I'm going to say this phrase for about five games on this list. This is technically cheating for me because <laughs> I have not personally played Far Cry 2 and Far Cry 1. Uh, I have several friends that have, um, in particular, uh, Adam was the one who even twigged me to follow to uh, Far Cry 3, period would not shut up about it. And I've mm-hmm. heard from him and several other people that Far Cry 1 and 2, while not horrible games, are just nowhere near on the same league as Far Cry 3. And that's that's enough that's enough to go by for me. Uh Far Cry 3 just blew my mind. It was an out of nowhere game for me. I had heard about it randomly through people now and again. I'd seen adverts, I'd, I'd seen trailers and stuff, but I wrote this game off whatever. And then, holy shit, was this game so fucking good. So yeah. good. Just if, just for the fucking villain alone. Not even getting to the other villains and the combat and except, and the story and all that stuff. So, um, again, I know that's kind of cheating, kind of bullshit, but I've heard <laughs> from way too many people that's like, yeah, you don't you don't ever have to play Far Cry 1 or Far Cry 2. If you, you could start with 3, and that's good. And that says a lot about a sequel to me. And that's kind of yeah. the heart and spirit of what this uh what this comp what this topic is today. Now, question for you. Uh uh-huh. are they directly related? Though that I don't know. Um uh-huh. 
that that I I I I don't know. I didn't get that far in the conversation with people. Okay. <laughs> so uh uh that's okay. Uh let, let me go ahead and get all the bullshit was out of the way then. <laughs> Good question. Let me get the bullshit cheating nonsense out of the way. No, uh the second one on my list was Super Mario Brothers 3 slash Super Mario World. Mm-hmm. Uh these are n- not really interrelated because this it's kind of the same story for Super Mario Brother every fucking time. Yeah. And honestly, I stopped at Mario 3 and Mario World uh because I could go on because <laughs> really I mean in in certain ways uh Sunshine is better than Mario World. I mean, you're on the GameCube now. Uh Mario 64 w- was is better than Mario World in some aspects. Uh, Galaxy is better. I mean, this this series yeah. kind of progressively gets better, with the exception, in my opinion, of of uh, Mario uh, Lost Odyssey. But I feel like when you play Mario One back in the day, you get that experience. You get Mario Two. Okay, this is a little bit different. A little bit aesthetic changes here and there. Picking four characters that's new, and then you get Super Mario Bros. Three. Holy shit, the lid got blown off. Like this was <laughs> such a such a different and better game. Yeah. Uh, but it, yeah, again, as you bring up as well, and as I said too, this is kind of cheating. It's not a direct sequel, but I think an argument can be made that it's pretty much a direct yeah, sequel that's in the series. Yeah. You know, you're getting more. Okay. When you play Final Fantasy VI, you play as Locke, Terra, Edgar, Sabin. None of those characters from Final Fantasy VII. Mm-hmm. When you played Mario, you got Mario, Toadstool, Peach. All those people are pretty yeah. much present in the same thing at three. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's it. I think those two are pr- maybe my uh maybe my bullshit ones are out of the way. Uh, what about you, Chris? What's one okay. for you? Well, let's go with my uh, possibly cheating ones. Um, <laughs> here, here's one for you to. Tell me what you think, whether or not it could be considered uh, cheating or not. Okay. Um, I actually put Zelda, A Link to the Past, on mine. Um, I think the same kind of argument comes to play, man. You've got, uh, when you play the first uh, Zelda, the first Link game, you've got Link, you've got Zelda, you've got Ganon, you've got the Triforce, mm-hmm. you've got the Master Sword, you've got the bombs, the hook. I mean, it's... It's there. I mean, the heart and spirit of those games are in, are in tail with each other. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, I could go with that. That. All right. Um, another one. And that- yeah. What up? Oh, I mean, if, if we, we should talk about it just for a second. Yeah. Holy shit. Uh, though we have gushed on completely about mm-hmm. Link to the Past. Uh Man, what an upscale this game was! Oh yeah, and this is this is also another game where the further you go up, it's it and in, in definitely in many areas you are progressively getting better. You almost have to so many Nintendo games, you almost have to find a stopping point for this kind of list mm-hmm. because you know there's there's always going to be that argument of what's better, Ocarina of Time, Link to the Past. Yeah, but when you go when you in a linear fashion, when you go from the first Zelda. Then you go to Zelda 2, it's like, wait a minute, way change, side-scrolling, uh, high-low sword combat, uh, overworld map, enemies that touch you, and then you got to, that's weird. And then you go to to Link to the Past, it's like, ah, I'm back to Zelda, I'm back to what <laughs> I remember, and this is so much better. The graphics are so much better, the music is great, the story mm. is bigger, the, the dungeons, are, it's all better. 
That is definitely an upgrade. That is not saying in any way, shape, or form that The Legend of Zelda 1 is bad. And again, that's not the idea with this list. Is I, I really couldn't find many like that. But when you go from just the first Zelda to Link to the Past, holy shit, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I uh, when I was reading, you know, through the other articles, seeing other people's thoughts, that actual conversation came up. Well, okay, well, what about Ocarina of Time? They're like, well, you know, for this, we're basically cutting it off at 3D. Yeah, yeah. So that was how they. That's why they put you know a link to the past on their list because cutting off at 3D, so it's not even a battle. They don't have to go through that trouble. Yep, can uh, totally understand that. And obviously, not you know, piss off some fans either. Uh-huh. Um, so the other one on my list that it's not going to be, you know, this one's definitely a cheating one, uh, is Grand Theft Auto V. Oh, wow. Because it's not yes. related to 4 or mm-hmm. any of the other ones. But, yeah. man, did that game radically change over time. Yeah. I mean, look at fucking just just Grand Theft Auto 3 compared to 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. You know, whole different feel. The the whole Annie was upgraded was 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 thrown way up. And you think even if you played three in Vice City, I'm sure you did back mm-hmm. in the day. Holy shit, how big this game is! Yeah. How how expansive that you you maybe you may have been on the verge of this game can't get any bigger. Well, four came along and showed that wrong. But even if you thought four couldn't get any bigger and better. Five comes along and just slams everything out of the park, and is still going strong to this day with an online component. Yeah, huh. and just looking at the single player part of it, you know, going from one character to three characters. Yep, that was a very unexpected uh, twist, mm-hmm. but it worked so well. Um, you know. All th- all three characters are treated with such respect. They mm-hmm. all get they all get a fair amount of time, and they all feel individualistic. They feel oh, yeah. like they are they feel like they are taken seriously in all three of their own accords, mm-hmm. and they all flow together seamlessly. Like you don't. This is this is something I thought about when I first played it. Uh, was like, man, am I gonna feel really awkward? Like, okay, I like playing as Franklin. This is cool. But how awkward am I going to feel going to this fucking backwoods redneck crazy dude? <laughs> and then I played and went, oh, shit, this is actually very fucking cool, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, and then you get to Michael and it's like this, you know, I don't even know how old he is in the game, but this old, you know, generic white dude. Yeah. What, what's so special about him? Yep, and then you play and you realize they all have their own thing and it's not you're not just playing as generic black guy. You're not mm-hmm. just playing as generic redneck guy. You're not playing as just, you know, 40-something-year-old washed-up, you know, generic white guy. They all have their own personality. They all have their own take on life. Yep. They all have their own place in the story, and they all feel unique. And then when they come together, they're not crammed together. Mm-hmm. They flow together. Like you would you you feel like this is a movie script story almost that plays out naturally. Like, yeah, this shit could happen. Yeah. No. You know? Um another one on my list, Resident Evil Two. Uh I remember playing uh Resident Evil One back in the day. I remember this mm-hmm. was one of the first PlayStation games I ever played. It was this uh Doom Sweet Coden 1 and Res, uh, uh, 
see this Resident Evil One. Oh, and Twisted Metal Two. What a <laughs> yeah. what a fucking weird amount of games to play for your first romp around. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this, of course, is excluding times I played with uh uh played the PlayStation that uh, Andy had because I yeah. think all I remember playing with him was I, th- I think Battle Arena Toshin Den mm-hmm. and maybe that re- that uh, Destruction Derby game. I think that may have been it. But anyway, this is one of my first ever PlayStation games playing and enjoyed it for what it was. I mean, even back in the day, I this is another one. I think I, we brought this up in the past, Chris, but this is something that I will never I will I have burned into my into my life for whatever reason. Uh the Green Day album, I think it was Dookie was out around this time and I would play that in the on my stereo while playing this game. So all the tracks on that album I hear in my head when I play through Resident Evil 1 now. <laughs> I remember I can tell you what song was playing almost mm. when I would go into certain areas <laughs> of the map. Like it's it was it's that ingrained in me. Anyway, that aside, this isn't about Resident Evil 1. Resident Evil 2 comes along. Same premise when the game starts out. Pick pick between one of two characters. More fleshed out story, more uh, involvement between the two characters, uh, new inventory management, slightly updated graphics, uh, better, uh, m- more involved story, uh, more. It just th- this game was so much better for me than the first one. And again, it's not saying the first one was bad. It's just in comparison. Uh, this is. Uh, I'm trying to. You brought it up as it's kind of the best way to put it. Like I kind of wanted to stop. I wanted to cut these games off at certain points, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's important to do that with Resident Evil because Resident Evil One, good game for me. Resident Evil Two, awesome game. Resident Evil Three, uh, kind of floundering, kind of same, kind of samey. It's like okay, you uh, the nemesis uh, was was pretty cool, I guess, but. Uh, you're only playing as one character, not two. Eh, it was okay for what it was. Resident Evil 4 comes along now and blows everything out of the water. Starts the really good, well, it doesn't start, but kind of the only really good 3D Resident Evil out there, aside from Resident Evil 7. Uh, but if I'm strictly talking about the the uh, the PlayStation era Resident Evil, mm-hmm. the uh, Resident Evil 2 was definitely the way better for me than the than the predecessor. Yeah, I can agree with that. Yeah. Uh, another one for me. This is a this is another cheating one. <laughs> I guess I'm a liar today. Just Cause Two. Uh, I can also attribute this to uh, Adam because Adam wouldn't shut up about this game for days <laughs> and days on end. And uh, the a lot of I think back in the day, uh, either I had th- this was around the time when I was either playing four or or five was already out. I can't recall. I want to say it was back in the 4 era because my biggest open world experience, my biggest just get in the game and fuck off, don't worry about the story or, or even or even side missions, just go have fun in the game was Grand Theft Auto 4. Uh, and honestly, when I beat the main quest of, of Grand Theft Auto 4, I didn't really feel like playing the game much anymore. Mm-hmm. I didn't go back into it and you know do 100%. I definitely did with Grand Theft Auto 3 and Vice City. So maybe that kind of got my fill of doing the whole checking every single box. You know, I did everything in Grand Theft Auto Three and Vice City. I even 
I even made players' guides and sold them to people in, in school. Uh, so when four came around, I went through it and had fun, and then kind of was done with it. And uh, Adam's telling me all the time, like, no, man, you've got to play Just Cause 2. If you want an open world that's going to... The, the fucking scope and scale of this game's map is going to blow your fucking mind. Mm-hmm. You can do... You can drive anything from a fucking scooter to a uh, commercial f- a commercial plane, like a passenger uh, carrier plane, and on and on. And then I played it and was like, holy fuck, this game is incredible. Just Cause 2... Uh, let me check. Yep, it is still up on my top 15 <laughs> wall of all time. It's still there. I want to say because Dark Souls beat a game out. I think Dark Souls actually beat Resident Evil 2. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, uh, this is cheating because I've never played Just Cause 1, and I've heard way worse about Just Cause 1 than, ju- than, uh, than Far Cry 1 and 2. I've heard that Just Cause 1 was not good at all. Like, wow. nowhere even near the same game at all. Mm-hmm. So... The idea that Just Cause 2 comes out and just blows everything out of the water, that's, even though I don't have the personal experience with it, I think that's awesome. And I can definitely attest to Just Cause 2 being, man, it's fucking incredible. It's almost scary how big that game is. Uh, definitely has its flaws. Uh, the biggest the biggest uh, flip uh, flaw for me is that the story of Just Cause 2 is almost laughable. I mean, it's so... It's kind of kind of hokey, kind of cheesy, and not really that long. But mm-hmm. I 100% do not. I mean, it would be like someone saying they played Minecraft for the story. I mean, <laughs> I played Just Cause 2 to get in that game for days and hours and weeks upon end. Just fucking, just fucking around. Randomly going to blow shit up. Randomly finding points on a map. This, this was my Breath of the Wild before Breath of the Wild. This was my see shit and go fuck off and then get lost because I did 15 other things before I ever got to wherever I was looking at. So, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely on my list. All right. I, you? I, uh, I've got one more that is technically cheating. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of a put on the list because of what I played this week. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, Tony Hawk's Underground. Okay, that's fine, that's fine. So, it was uh, PlayStation 2, and it, was, it wasn't it was a huge, you know, departure from the previous games. Uh, I believe 3 was where they left off before they went to Underground, mm-hmm. and 3 is what I put the most time in. Underground, though, was overall, you know, a much more solid game. The gameplay was pretty much as you would expect, um... The graphics were obviously better at that point. Uh, it was just a overall improvement on what was already a, you know, awesome, casual skateboarding game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've, I spent so much time playing uh, Tony Hawk's. <laughs> and, and, I you know, I kind of forgot about that because it's just one of those things we did. Uh, one of my friends would come over in particular and we would sit there and we'd play co-op or we'd just exchange controller every now and then just trying to beat these objectives, you know, in-game and ones we made up. Yeah. Uh, just a yeah. fun, chill game. I mean, don't feel bad about that, man. I mean, if if, if you were to say, I, I didn't put it on my list, I kind of feel like it's kind of an obvious mood point by now. But, I mean, if either one of us had put, like, God of War on this list, we did just <laughs> get through playing that. But yeah. that, 
1000% deserves the right to be on this list. I yeah. mean, it is a sequel that blows all the predecessors out. There is no other God of War in existence that comes anywhere close to this title. So, uh, so yeah, don't feel bad about it. Right. Uh, next one on my list, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Okay. Uh, I think uh, I'm trying to scroll through the list while I'm talking at the same time. Um, I still got a couple more on here that I didn't play. I guess I'm just a fucking cheating asshole on my own list, whatever. But I definitely have played uh, Modern Warfare 1. I think me and the group played Modern Warfare 1 before we played Modern Warfare 2. And, man, I, <laughs> I, I don't know if this fucking game has a Nickelback appeal these days if it's the fucking game that everybody likes to hate on and shit on if it's the fucking cool thing to shit on modern warfare uh, modern warfare 2 uh and chris i don't really give a fuck because i love modern <laughs> warfare 2 i fucking love that game uh the multiplayer it is what it is everybody knows how i feel about it it's nowhere i mean battlefield just shits all and stomps all over call of duty but the single player campaign of modern warfare 2 was so fucking good uh as cheesy as people like to call it, as derivative as people like to call it, as predictable as people like to call it, I don't know, and I don't fucking care. I played Modern Warfare 2 uh, without having anything spoiled, without knowing any of the story shit for the first time, and every set piece in that game, every story thing that come along, I was like, fuck yes, this is great. This is awesome. Uh, busting Price out of prison. Uh the twist toward the end of the game just this game just kept going through it kept just pushing me through and i felt like definitely from a first person shooter perspective as well i got a very good cinematic experience from this thing and while in my opinion the uh the campaign of modern warfare 1 of course was the first and it was good it's in its own right it has a lot of good uh, a lot of good parts mm-hmm. modern warfare 2 just ratcheted everything up um i didn't put i put 2 instead of 3 because i prefer 2 over 3 uh i think 3 didn't really do a whole lot more for me and i honestly played 3 just to just to cap the story off just to find out what happens to makarov really and to find out where everything ends at but if I could treat Modern Warfare 2 as its own by itself as standalone, oh, fuck yeah, I would. <laughs> uh, but as a sequel to Modern Warfare 1, I love it. Mm-hmm. Definitely just, just it just cranked it up. Just cranked it up a whole notch. Yeah. Um, this is one that I thought was cheating, but I realized that I'm fucking stupid and no, it's not cheating. Legacy of Cain, Soul Reaver. I thought, well, this is kind of cheating because Soul Reaver is its own series. And I thought, no, you fucking moron. Soul Reaver is part of the Legacy of Kane series, period. There's Legacy of Kane, Soul Reaver, Soul Reaver 2, Legacy of Kane Defiance, Legacy of Kane 2 uh, on the Xbox, whatever. And then there's uh, the fucking uh, the fi- somewhere. Either way, all those games are in <laughs> succession with each other. Uh, mm-hmm. And I picked two just as a starting point. Uh, I picked Soul Reaver. Sorry, not two. I picked Soul Reaver because when you play the first Legacy of Kane game, it's very Diablo in in feel. It's it's top down. A lot of voice acting. Uh, it has its twist. It has it 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 has its appeal if you are 
knee deep in the Legacy of Kane saga, period. But when you go to play Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver, I mean, you're going to 3D style combat, 3D visuals, lots of puzzle elements. Uh, the voice acting is still there, but it seems like the story gets ramped up even more. Uh, Soul Reaver, I mean, uh, Legacy of Kane, the first one was very good for teaching you the story of how Kane became Kane. But Soul Reaver starts this whole like giant spider web of story arcs and interwe- interweaving these tales together to start this large fabric of story of Legacy of Kane. And I feel it is much better. Don't I have nothing negative to say about the Legacy of Kane? I but I do see that they are two different games. And when you go from one to the other, I feel like Legacy of Cain Soul Reaver is definitely better than the uh, than Legacy of Cain. So, what about you, Chris? So, I think this is my last one that is cheating in any way. Um, <clears throat> but it's uh, Super Metroid. Okay. okay. And for this one, this one's cheating for me because I, I won't say I've never played it, but I haven't played it much, not enough to really, you know... I don't really say I've played it because of how mm-hmm. little time I've put into it. Uh-huh. Um, but just from watching it, what I know about it, it is a vastly superior game to uh, Metroid and oh, what yeah. was the second one? Was uh, it just Metroid, Metroid 2? 2 Return of Samus. Yeah. That was, and that was on the Game Boy. So, yeah, you're. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree, man. Uh, it's good. Uh, there, there's a sentiment that my mother said a long time ago. Uh, I, the second Batman movie came out, and I asked my mom as a kid because well, I don't know, I was a kid. I was like, "Mom, which do you like better? Do you like the first Batman or this Batman?" And she said, "Well, I mean, you wouldn't have the second without the first, so I like that one more." Um, I've never taken that reign to heart. I don't feel that the first one's going to be better just because of the first. But I do appreciate the first for being what it is. I appreciate the first Metroid for being the first Metroid because this was the first series that I can think of where it's, oh man, this 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 gameplay mechanic is now a thing. You know, explore a large area, have areas blocked off, and you got to figure out where the the items or what it, you have to find the access to get to the new areas. Yeah. That's a cool thing to have, and I respect the Metroid. I respect Metroid Metroid One for being what it was for bringing that to the market. But when you go from that to Metroid uh, Super Metroid, holy shit! Graphic upgrade, music upgrade, uh, maybe even map size upgrade. Uh, silent but awesome story upgrade. Holy crap. So much better. It's definitely not taking a shit on Metroid 1. It's just saying that this game was better. Um, I hope we don't have to keep saying that through this entire list because <laughs> I, f- I feel like people may get that confused. And it's not what we're trying to get at. Again, like I said earlier, I actually find it, I found it a challenge to find games where I'm like, okay, this game right here, this game was shit. But the sequel came out and it was awesome. I really couldn't find anything like that. Mm-hmm. And that goes for all these games. Any of these games that I picked the sequel to or Crispy's sequel to, it's not shitting on the first one or whatever came before it. It's just this came out and went, wow, so much better. Mm-hmm. I also think a spirit of this list is that typically when movie sequels come out, I say typically, uh, 
they usually suck. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you'll get a movie and you're like, that movie was great. Oh, the sequel got announced. I can't wait. I bet it's going to be more and bigger and better. And you watch and you're like, oh, yeah, that that sucked. Uh so video games don't really have that stigma. They mm-hmm. they've been very fortunate to have a lot of sequels come out where they go, "Okay, they liked this. Let's give them more of this and better things around this." So, yep. Just to clear some air with all that shit. Uh Donkey Kong Country 2: Diddy's Kong Quest. Man, I love Donkey Kong Country. I love the first one. Played it I 102% of that game twice over. And have played it. I even play that game to this day. But I love the second Donkey Kong Country. Uh, I I liked (laughs) the simplest thing, like having uh, sneakers, the spider that you can ride, and him being able to shoot webs. Mm -hmm. uh, That and having uh, Dixie Kong, where she can use her hair to grapple on the things, and it's more platform maneuverability. Yeah. the bosses seem to be a little bit more involved in this one as opposed to the first one. Uh, more the, the graphics are pretty much the same. I mean, they still have almost that same aesthetic appeal, but a little bit better, just a, just a smidge bit better. You can see that a little bit more money and time and love got put in, into this one. Uh, I definitely picked the second one over the third one because the third one I'm so on the fence about. Uh Again, for the littlest things, I cannot stand the Kremlin designs in Donkey Kong Country 3. Uh, I think they look ugly. I don't know why they went to the way that they are, but I didn't like them. Really, everything else about DKC3 I enjoyed. Uh, The fact that Diddy and Donkey are out of the picture, and now it's just Dixie and uh, Baby Kong. No big deal. They both controlled okay. They were both fine. But I... Man, the second one just always has this place in my heart. And on that note, if you own a Wii or, I'm sorry, yeah, a Wii or a Wii U or a Switch, and you have, or even a 3DS apparently, uh, and you have not played any of the Donkey Kong Country Returns, I strongly recommend you do because they are they are damn near the pinnacle of platforming games. So just throwing that little, that little selling point out there. Another game, I, I guess it is kind of a, I guess this one is cheating, uh, and hopefully this will be my last one, is Injustice 2. Uh, I have not played Injustice 1, but I have watched the movie for it, I watched the story stuff for it, and it, I, I, I just get this feeling like everything got ratcheted up with Injustice 2. Mm-hmm. The the combat system seems to be upgraded, the story definitely and uh, upgraded the character, the roster, the way that they incorporated every single character and kept them true to their character, the cinematic experience you get from this game, the online experience. I fe- I just <laughs> I feel like an asshole because I haven't played the first one, but it just from what I can see, from what I hear from people, and what I can tell, Injustice Two just cranked that meter up. You can definitely see. The budget of Injustice 2. You can see the love and time and effort put in this one. And it seems like Injustice 1 came out and it's like, you guys are onto something. This is good. Let's fucking crank it up. And then they did for Injustice 2. So, wanted to put that one on the list. What about you, Chris? So, 
one that uh, kind of goes against what you were saying about, you know, the first one's not being bad. Um, and I think this is the only one of on my list that really fits that mm-hmm. is uh, Streets of Rage 3. Yep. See, I haven't played any of them, so <laughs> this is all you, buddy. Yeah, I, I talked about this on a previous episode. I actually went back and played all three because um, I was pretty sure I had only played three. Uh, and that's, yeah, I'd only played three. You mentioned someone said two was uh, supposedly the best one. Um, so I went back and played it. No. Um, <clears throat> the first one was not a very good game. Um, for its time, probably okay. Um, get a pass at least, but now it's not one you'd bother with, you know, three mechanically was better, uh, obviously graphically better. It's going to get better as it goes up, but the one and two both had just too many gameplay issues mechanically. They just, they were missing things there weren't a whole lot of options there wasn't much to it uh the i want to say two was the one that had ridiculously hard bosses uh like you could not get through them without using your super dying and repeating with your super um which didn't recharge or anything so it's kind of a gimmicky thing to have to do uh on a boss fight you know It's one thing when they just have, okay, I don't know the pattern or something like that. It's like, no, I literally cannot do damage to this boss unless I super. That's not fun. That's just a grind. And you eventually run out of lives and you're like, okay, well, what do I do now? Because the level itself is fine. It's not overly difficult. It's just the bosses. Yeah. So, yeah, three was a much superior game. So one on my list, kind of in that same area, more like a slash em, beat em up. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game. Uh, I've definitely went on record in, in expressing my frustration and yet still love for the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game for the Nintendo. And, uh, man, it's that, that first one is something else. I mean, it's the first kind of, it's the first NES game that you can play as the Ninja Turtles. And if you're a Ninja Turtle fan, you're gonna you're gonna want to play it, especially if you were a kid. If you were a kid back then and you liked the turtles, you got this game. You're like, oh fuck yeah! And then you got your ass kicked for I don't know <laughs> all the time. If you were lucky enough to make it past the uh, the the uh, seaweed uh, dam uh, disarming the bomb level, then which everybody hates, and that's usually the the, uh, the blockade for people. Uh, you still have more shit to go through. I mean, the game is not easy by any stretch of the imagination. The further you go, the harder that game gets until it's literally pattern memorization. And then for me, that's just not fun. Turtles 2 comes along. And uh, you can kind of take your pick on this, folks, whether you whether I'm talking about the uh, arcade game or the NES game, because they basically mirror each other. Uh, you have side-scrolling, more... You you have more of a 3D side view, sort of, so to speak, of, of the mm. Turtles. Uh, more upbeat. Music's more upbeat. The action seems more upbeat. Definitely follows a, a beat-em-up slash uh, slash-em-up uh, appeal as opposed to uh, the first Turtles game, which feels, yeah, it's slasher-y, but it's more side scrolly uh, overworld map uh, 
I don't know. They just, they just don't feel the same. Mm-hmm. And the second one is just it to me. It's just so much better. It is definitely an arcadey, uh, actiony beat 'em up co-op-y, fun, f- appealing game compared to the first one. Uh, I feel like the second one, and I think the third one was kind of the same too. Uh, I just feel like they had a better. Those the second and third game had a better appeal to the total audience. It had a better appeal to the total and gameplay audience as well as opposed to the first. Mm-hmm. Um, I just felt like it was just so much better. So many avenues. Um, also, uh, this is one I know Chris can definitely uh, chime in on. Okay. Uh, Halo Two. Uh, for whatever reason, to this day, I've still picked uh. Halo Halo 3 over Halo 2 but when you went from Halo 1 to Halo 2 this is where the shit started yeah uh Halo 1 is definitely another uh hey you guys are onto a really good thing you are popularizing first person shooters on the console market and or you're bringing first person shooters to the console market bigger and better than they've ever been before you guys should run with this. And they said, okay. And then they came up with Halo 2. Uh, you can, it's the same thing, folks. You can see the money poured into Halo 2. You can see the time and effort put in to make things better and bigger and more bombastic and more in your face. Uh, the dual wielding uh, starts to play a big uh, thing in, uh, in Halo 2. You get swords in Halo 2. You get uh, a new, larger variety of weapons in Halo 2. You get to have more of a fleshed-out story with the Covenant in in Halo 2. The multiplayer speaks for itself. It's also upgraded in Halo 2. Uh, Halo 2 is is just, it's another good case in the video game corner of the world where the first game came out, it captured people's attention, it got people's eyes involved, and then the sequel came out and they were like, yes, this is better. Thank you for making it more and more and more. Uh, now, how, where the where the series has gone since then is up to everybody's opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, three did the same thing. Three had more additions. It had it just they were the further this game, this series went up the franchise, the more stuff became involved. But uh, I put Halo Two on the list because just it started that. Halo 2 was like, the it felt like an experiment almost. We're like, here you go. What do you guys think of this? And they said, we want more. We demand more. And they said, okay, here's more. And we said, thank you. Yeah. And I think that's fair. Um, one wasn't bad by any means. It was a phenomenal game, phenomenal success. Uh, but two did improve on it in pretty much every way. Um, there's not anything I think I go back and go, man, Halo 1 was much better, you know, than Halo 2 Yeah, uh, when yeah. it comes to that. Um, and yeah, the, between 2 and 3, you know, that's a bit of a toss-up. After that, then it starts, you know, going downhill. But Yeah. Yeah. I just, I know that whenever, whenever Halo 2 came out, when I first put my hands on Halo 2 and got to play it, I was like, oh, wow, you guys, you guys brought way more to the table. I mean, and then that compared to Halo 3, it's like, okay, you guys know what you're doing now. You know what I mean? Like, you you guys are on the path now. You know you know how to make this train bigger. Um, so, 
Either way, just figured yeah. it deserved to be on a better than sequels list. Another one. Fun one here. Beautiful Katamari. <laughs> now, I put this as another controversial one for me because uh, actually, uh, We Love Katamari is on my top 15 wall. That was the one that I picked. It's the one that I picked to this day. Uh, and I'm going to have to rebalance that list eventually because uh, Beautiful Katamari is so much bigger. Uh, the draw of Beautiful Katamari is the scale and scope and size. Uh, a quick tangent about the Katamari series. Uh, I don't know if that game's ever going to get remastered. I hope it does. I think I saw some articles uh, last month about potentially the Katamari series getting you know, remastered and coming out on the, on the next generation consoles. And I'm fine with that. But Katamari, unfortunately, was a victim of its own success and a victim of its own size and scope and scale. Because the first Katamari, I think the largest you could get was rolling up uh, like cities and things. I don't think it ever left the planet. I think the I think we love Katamari was the first one that kind of went out and got some planets involved. Mm-hmm. Beautiful Katamari, you basically roll up the fucking universe. Yeah, I mean you you start rolling up planets, moons, star clusters, star constellations meteorites, f- fucking galaxies, and then you roll up the center of the universe or the sun mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, it gets crazy. And the scale of Beautiful Katamari is so fucking incredible. The uh, music in that last area is also phenomenal. And it's just, I picked Beautiful Katamari over my favorite Katamari just because this was the sequel it, it almost maxed out what they could do. That's a sad thing mm-hmm. to say, but it, sh- it they went all the way to the top. Yeah. Like if if beautiful if Katamari if Katamari Damacy was the start of like okay let's try this weird idea where mm. you're basically a guy that pushes a ball around that rolls up things. Okay, they liked it. Let's roll up bigger and bigger things. Okay, they liked that one. Let's roll up fucking everything (laughs) so uh it's i tell you as a game developer that is a challenge for the katamari franchise that is a challenge for those game developers what can you do i mean where can you go if you were to make a katamari sequel what what else can you do maybe shrinking in size maybe you being inside a person or something and doing cells and atoms i don't know whoa 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 it's not that type of game <laughs> yeah. I know. It's just uh This isn't South I, Park. I feel like a a remaster is going to be the better choice for yeah. them. And I I will totally admit I won't be 1000% doing backflips for a remaster because good god, across the 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 span of the Katamori games, I put in too many hours into this shit. Uh just kind of like Shadow of the Colossus. Like I own I own it. I'll probably buy it just to have it. But if they announced a straight sequel, I'll be like, okay, I've got to buy this just to see what the fuck you've done. Yeah. I want to know how you've made a sequel when the last thing that I did was roll up the fucking universe. But, yeah, this the the Katamari series is so fucking good. And, again, I just put Beautiful on here just because that's, I mean, that's, that's the top. That's, they, they went as far as they could go. They put everything they could into this and uh, deserves to be mentioned. 
Yeah. How about you? So, uh, let's see. Another old school game. Uh, Street Fighter 2. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In comparison to Street Fighter 1, which really a lot of people didn't even fucking know about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, that's a genuine thing, man. You'd be surprised how many people think that Street Fighter 2 was the first. Even though it has two in the name. (laughs) There's a Street Fighter. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean... Such a markup difference. And I I was really tempted to put Street Fighter EX plus Alpha on here instead of Street Fighter 2, but (laughs) I figured I'd keep it simple. You know, and not have people going, huh? What? Um, Yeah, because that was a fun game on PlayStation. Uh Uh, But yeah, Street Fighter 2, all around better than the first. More characters. Uh... I, you know, this may be a cheating one. I don't know if I ever played the first one. I don't, I, I don't know. I've seen let's plays and long plays of it, but I've never played it personally. And I mean, you can look at it. You can look at screenshots of the first Street Fighter and go, okay, they, okay. It's, it's come a long way. (laughs) Yeah. Because I think if I remember reading the lore of Street Fighter one, that was basically Ryu's story on how he got like the fireball and the uppercut and all mm-hmm. that shit. So yeah. You have characters in Street Fighter Two that have all their power moves and you know their and and still continue their their own storylines. So definitely yeah. a markup from the original. Um let's see. I think that's it for me on old school games. Well I've got one as an old school game, most all definitely. Right. Uh, Super Mario Land 2, Six Golden Coins. I feel like this one is definitely a genuine no-bullshit entry on this list because uh, Super Mario Land for the Game Boy was was one of the first Super Mario... Sorry, one of the first Game Boy games I ever owned and played. And for what it's worth, for what it is, it's a decent Mario game. I'll give you that. I almost equate this to the original Super Mario Brothers for the Nintendo Especially in comparison, because it's got basic platforming, side-scrolling, jumping, coin-collecting, enemy-stomping action. It does have some additional things. It, uh, there, there's a level where you're in like uh, you're basically in a, uh, 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 a flying ship or something and shooting stuff down. It's got a little bit of shmup action in it. I'll give you that. Um, it has its own unique style uh, visually. It's got, you have pyramids and sphinxes and uh, uh, flying Maui Maui heads and shit like that. It's got its own look. But when you go from that, which has the title of Super Mario Brothers, uh, it has a Super Mario title, sorry, and then you go to Super Mario Land 2, Six Golden Coins, now you're in the good Mario games. Now you're in Mario. Uh, it, it, you have Mario with power ups. You he's got he's got a uh, he's got ability to have. Uh, I, th- I think this is one where he had the rabbit wings. I believe so. Yeah, he could float with them. Uh, different islands that he could travel to with levels in each, and they all have different uh, aesthetic uh, looks to them. Uh, just it's it's a whole different game from the first Super Mario Land, and definitely a, a considerable upgrade compared to the first Super Mario Land. I think uh the first Super Mario Land had maybe eight or nine levels, kind of typical like uh like the Super Mario Brothers, 
but Mario Land 2 has more. It also has a slight bit of collect-a-thon-e-ish appeal to it, which was done better in uh, the Wario Land Land game. But, yeah, if you're just comparing Mario Land 1 to Mario Land 2, so much better, Mm -hmm. so more memorable, and it feels like... That sounds kind of stuck up to say, but it feels it feels more Mario than Mario Land One, <laughs> you know. Yeah, so, definitely deserves to be on the list. What else you got? Um, so this one, I, I kind of debated on putting on here, but I uh, figured I'd just go with it. Uh, Final Fantasy Thirteen Two. You cheating son of a bitch! But it works. It's because not. It's it is a direct a, sequel. Yeah. It's a direct sequel. <laughs> yep. I only debated putting it on here because none of the 13 games are considered great games anyway. Yeah. Um, but in my mind, my personal ranking for these games is 13 2 and then a toss up between 1 and 3. Yeah. Um, I think out of those three games, 2 is the best one. Uh, 1. I'm uh, I'm one of those that are in the camp that it wasn't a bad game. Um, it was very linear, yes. Um, yes, it took 13 hours to get to open world area, and even that's, you know, limited. But that's not the point, you know. I still felt it was overall an okay game. Uh, it was... It suffered from that trying new things syndrome, you know. Yeah. And that's, that's why 2 ended up being better. Uh, because they're like, okay... We see the issue. We'll refine it. Um, and I'll say, you know, I don't think 2 was any less linear overall, really. I mean, you still have a story you're following. Uh, sure, you may be able to explore areas a little bit more. But it's just enough, I think, in my mind, to give you that illusion of having more freedom than you actually do. Yeah, uh, yeah. Which may be, you know, a good thing for them to do. You know, it's that fine point where players get enough to not complain about it. Um, They just have to deal with all the other, you know, mechanic issues people have or whatever the complaints about it are other than uh, linear. Uh, The combat system improved. Uh, It's, it's still not an ideal system for me. You know, I still want menu driven uh, final fantasies, but that's apparently a thing of the past now. So I'm just have to suck it up. (laughs) <laughs> but uh overall i mean it wasn't a bad experience but yeah, yeah. uh 13 2 is much better than 13 in a lot of ways mm-hmm. i will say that i think plot wise one is best it just suffers from gameplay in compared to yeah. the other ones <laughs> what else you got i have next on my list devil may cry 3 so, when you play Devil May Cry 1, you're going to get a good game. And again, I hate, I, I don't mean to keep requalifying this, just want people to understand that we're, not all these games are, we hated the first one, the second one's better. Uh, it's just the improvement that's, you know, you get the first one, it's like, holy shit, how good the second or third or whatever one is. When you play Devil May Cry 1, uh, 
depending on your action gaming experience back in that day, back in that time frame, this was going to blow your mind. I mean, you've got you've got sword and gun combat together. You have a unique aesthetic appeal with the puppets, with the puppet style enemies, the the demonic uh, aspect of Dante being damn near unkillable, even though he has a health bar, etc. Yada yada. Uh, the 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 grungy guitar music with with all the action. I mean, it's it's definitely its own flavor and its own appeal, and in its own right, it is a good game, very good. Devil May Cry comes out. Uh, sorry, Devil May Cry 2 comes out, and oh boy, kind of Mission Impossible 2's it. Kind of, kind of fucks it a little bit. Kind of mixed to low reviews all around. Uh, a lot of the combat wasn't that good anymore. The level designs were very uh, short and bad. Uh, just not that great of a game. Devil May Cry 3 comes out and says, We're sorry. Here's the next Devil May Cry game. Our apologies. And holy shit, how good of a game it was. So, uh, combat definitely upgraded. Uh, more stylistic, more, more engaging. So many more moves, so many more weapons to combine and swap stances and swap weapons and swap just all, all these different combinations that you can make. Such a fluid and engaging combat system. And again, using weapons and guns at the same time in tandem with each other across different weapons, across different guns. Uh, the story got upgraded a little bit, a little, little bit camp, campy and corny here and there. But you get a you get an updated version of Virgil, which, you know, you, if you remember, you did play. I mean, you did fight against in Devil May Cry 1. He just looked way different. Uh that whole side of the story with him and the 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 aspect of having him in the storyline, great. The boss battles, even better. There's more boss battles, and they are better. I mean, for fuck's sakes, people, you get a weapon that turns into a... It's a fucking scythe <laughs> that turns into a fucking guitar, and the guitar actually has... It has attacks uh, from from actually grinding out music on the guitar to sliding and forward on your knees and jamming out of it. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> um, it really does suck that di- that the second Devil May Cry 2 was so mediocre to bad, which I have played all these, yes. But 3 just, oh, so good. Just skyrocketed into uh, into greatness as far as all those, D- those Devil May Cry titles have been. So definitely want to put that one on the list. Mm-hmm. I also put uh, Ratchet and Clank going commando. This is the Ratchet and Clank that's on my top 15 wall. There have been several Ratchet and Clank games. My God, there were like five on the PlayStation 3 alone. Uh, this is another tale of Ratchet and Clank comes out. It's it's kind of a new thing. It's got its own appeal. It's slightly easy. Yeah, I'll give you that. It's 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 a pretty quick blow through. But Devil May Cry, uh, good God, Devil May Cry 2 Going Commando uh, comes out. <laughs> and, uh, boy, what, hey, that would have been a better game in my opinion. Uh, if if Dante had a sword that could turn enemies into sheep, that would have been, that's what that, Chris, that's what DMC2 needed, man. That's what uh, it was missing. The crossover we, we didn't know we needed. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
So, uh, Going Commando comes out. It's the second entry into the, into the Ratchet and Clank series. And it's just, again, I, I, I know I sound like a broken record, but that's what this was. It was an upgrade from the first one. You have more more weapons, which means more upgrade abilities, which, which means more uh, upgrade chains for all these weapons, which uh, I, I believe they, I, I think this may have been a staple in the one that just got, added to every new weapon in, in the second one was that when you start with a base weapon you can upgrade it and it does more damage or, or its ability gets increases or range of its ability gets increases whatever mm-hmm. but when you get when you either close to or fully max out upgrading a weapon it basically has another feature it has a new thing that it can do uh, I, that may have started in Ratchet and Clank 2 going commando and that may have been another reason why I put it up uh, closer on that list to be my favorite but in any case, it's there's just more stuff to do. There's more upgrading abilities in the in the second version of this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the storyline gets a little bit better. There's new there's a new antagonist involved, and his his whole story arc is hilarious and fun and funny. Um, it just all around, man. This is another game where you just saw everything get upgraded. I. I've pl- I played most every fucking Ratchet and Clank game in existence. Uh, the third one was okay. I didn't. I kind of didn't like some of the direction that it went in, and it also kind of felt a little bit samey. But for better for worse, Ratchet and Clank for me almost has a Mega Man mentality, where it's like, man, I'm I'm okay. I'm okay with more of the same. Case in mm-hmm. point, the uh, Ratchet and Clank PS4 uh, re slash remake that came out was basically more the same it was a retelling of the first game and also a a pseudo work in of past uh tie, story tie-ins and the movie itself tie-ins but it's still the same shit i mean you're killing enemies they're dropping bolts you collect the bolts you upgrade your weapons bada bing bada boom but i like that and just ratchet and clank 2 came out and just upped just upped everything uh even though up your arsenal was the third uh, second one was going commando, and it just—it's—it's it's always been a place in my heart as just being my favorite, and definitely an, an up to the ante compared to the first one. What about you, Chris? What you got? All right, so I've got another uh, old school one that I hadn't written down and just thought about, and it wasn't entirely because you mentioned it earlier. Uh, mm-hmm. Twisted Metal Two. I also have that on my list. Yay! We got us—we <laughs> got the same game on the list. Awesome. Yeah, that. Uh, that game's so much fun. Yes. It, it looks like garbage, um, but it's so fun to play. Yep. Definitely in comparison to the first one. Yeah. Definitely an upgrade. Uh, I think the first one you had a lot of city, you had a lot of various cityscapes you could travel to that you fought in and combat in. And all, most of all the same stuff is still there. You know, mm-hmm. it's you pick pick your weapon, I mean, pick your vehicle, you got a variety of different weapons to choose from, as well as a unique weapon to your character. You run around, you blow each other up, you go through a few stages, six, seven, whatever, and you beat the game the end, and the endings are whatever they are. Twisted Metal 2 comes along, gives you more characters, gives you more uh, world... I think uh, Twisted Metal 2 world... Wasn't World Tour the the subtitle for it? Yeah. Yeah, so... I mean, and, that, and they... Basically, an alternate name, not really a subtitle. Yeah. That's what it was known as in uh, Europe. Ah, uh, okay, okay. But 
the idea is you get to travel to different world aspects or different world locations like mm-hmm. uh Paris or Antarctica or uh the as the that like an Aztec area. Uh, destructible environments, very cool. Little secrets you can find where you can just blow up and you can destroy shit. Uh, the different characters, the way that they were designed. I mean, Axel fucking driving around between two wheels. That's fucking awesome. Um, and one of the biggest draws for me, as small as it is, because once you've seen them all, you're done. The the Calypso being the antagonist, the way that Calypso was done at Twisted Metal Two. Yeah. I fucking love that so much. That is something that they try to do in a few other games, and it's it just has not been the same. Like Calypso had his peak in Twisted Metal Two for me, and it's definitely mm-hmm. why I put two pretty much at the top of my list. Yeah, and on this list, uh, and you said it best, Chris. This one is so much fun. All the Twisted Metals are fun in their own right. Don't misunderstand. This one. Just it. This is like the most fun I've ever had in any Twisted Metal game yeah. ever, ever. Uh, as many as they put out. The exception being the Twisted Twisted Metal, you know, reboot, reboot, remake, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. That was released for uh, PS4. It's total garbage, trash. Oh wow, really? Yeah. Uh, I actually had uh, Twisted Metal Black back in mm-hmm. the day, and I I will admit I played through pretty much all of that. I did everything, and yet. That one does not hold memories in my heart like Twisted Metal 2 does. Yeah. Uh, Twisted Metal Black tried to go to a more darker, more serious tone, and they hit a lot of really good bumps. They they did they did some things really good, but it's there's just something just not the same. Twisted Metal 2 had that it had fucking Calypso, and it had Calypso done that way with. Some of the endings were pretty fucking serious. Mm-hmm. Some of the endings are really fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. And his wild, aloof attitude to holding a tournament where you're in a web, you're in a car shooting missiles at people. That game just did that so right, yeah. so right. And it was the second one in the in the series. But yeah, I totally agree, man. Totally, it deserves to be on this list. Another game that I have. Uh, Battlefield Bad Company 2. Played both of these in succession. Uh, Battlefield 3 is not a sequel to Bad Company 2. This is just a battle. This is just a Bad Company list. Uh, Bad, Bad Company 1. I mean, for one, putting Bad Company 1 and Bad Company 2 story side by side, kind of unfair. Uh, Bad Company is not really known for their storyline. I don't think any Battlefield in their right mind is or should be. Uh, maybe Battlefield 1, maybe, uh, but I don't know. I haven't played that game. But the draw and appeal for the Battlefield games, period, has always been the multiplayer. And going from Bad Company 1 to Bad Company 2 with more upgrades, more weapons, more multiplayer uh, arenas... Just again, another game where they pumped more money and gave you more options, more features, and more of what you like from Bad Company One. Bad Company One was good; it's the first one that started that shit for me. But two came along, and it just oh, uh, I can't remember if aerial combat was a thing in Bad Company One. That might have been one of the one of the the, the telltale switches for me. But man, just choppering people from one place to another in Bad Company One so awesome. 
so yeah, definitely a sequel that outdid its predecessor. An old school one for me, Chris, Double Dragon 2, The Revenge. Uh, this one's a little off for me because I've played all three of the original Double Dragons, but my order of playing them is off. I played Double Dragon 2 and then 3 and then years later finally got around to playing 1. <laughs> so this could be a little bit that I'm biased because I played the two I played 2 so much and fell in love with 2, but I don't it's not a hatred to Double Dragon 1. Mm-hmm. I just feel that with the story involved in Double Dragon 2 with the uh, with the different locales you can go to being so vastly different, the graphics being just a little bit different, a little bit better, but again, it's on Nintendo, so they're only going to do so much. Uh, I just feel like Double Dragon 2 is, is a better entry compared to Double Dragon 1. Just something that came along where you got more, you got even more of the good stuff from Double Dragon 1. Uh, what about you? So my last one I actually have written down um, is Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Oh, <laughs> this was not planned, folks. I promise. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the one you used an example earlier, such a good example of you know how not just you know the second game in the series, but for most series, as you get further along, they get better and better, uh, and even though there are three games two or three games after black flag it's still the pinnacle of the series um and it's so much better than the predecessors and don't get me wrong they got better with each iteration um a lot of people say two was the best one um i don't know if that includes up to black flag or not uh, or if that was you know before black flag was a thing or maybe black flag wasn't their cup of tea who knows yeah I, i don't you know I don't even want to know what their mind's thinking at that point. Uh, but <laughs> the the first few games in the series were a lot of the same. Um, and this is kind of where you tapered off on your play as well. You know, yeah. two was essentially more of one. Uh, yes, slight mechanic changes are done a little bit better. Uh, but it was, it's was it been a slow evolution for Assassin's Creed. Um, yeah. Where they did fine in mechanics. They screwed up in story. Mm-hmm. Uh, the I can't think of whatever which one in particular it is by name, but one of the games you play, you beat it, and at the end you're like, really? Yeah. You know, an, an otherwise solid Assassin's Creed game is it just you know goes down the crapper because of the ending, you know, or where yeah. they were going with the story, and you. It's kind of funny how. Even though all the games, you know, are in order, aside from uh, this latest one that's a prequel, uh, they don't really go into detail uh, related to uh, that ending. You know, it's still Mm -hmm. canon. It still happened. And there are small hints here and there, you know, stuff near that ending are related to it, but they don't actually, you know, bring it up as the main focus. Yeah. It's like this little piece of dialogue off to the side. Yeah, you remember that guy? Um, type thing. Not so much, all right, we're going and following, you know, in his path or researching his thing or, you know, something like that. It's like, no, yeah, he's a guy that was there. Um, anyway, but Black Flag, 
didn't really have any of those issues. Um, and what issues it did have story related were made up by you have a ship. Um, I mean, that's, that, that's the one thing that, uh, essentially made the game. Even if you did find flaws elsewhere, you have a ship, it's done well, you can sail all over the place. It's huge. Yeah. Um, and you have that freedom. Uh, and even though, yeah, it's a collect-a-thon, like all the other Assassin's Creed games, it's not as forced. Right. It's not as random. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, rounding out my... Uh, by the way, do you have any more at all, or is that was that pretty much it for yours? No, nah, that's it. All right. I've only got two left here, and then that'll be that'll be it for our our list tonight. Uh Half-Life 2. Um so I played Half-Life 1 back in the day. Uh slight maybe a year or two after its original release. Uh, I don't even know what twigged me to play this. I don't remember having too many people that came to me, you know, bait, beating my door down telling me, "Hey, you need to play Half-Life. This is a great game, but it's a great game." I think maybe mm-hmm. I, I read a lot about it in magazines and said, "Okay, this could be interesting." I mean, it's science slash uh alien uh first person shooter type stuff okay i'll try it out and for what it was half-life one was pretty good mind you i played this game on playstation 2 i did not play this on pc which means i didn't have uh the pc game with the mods with all the other expansions that came out after it Mm -hmm. the the big surrounding uh the, the, all the big items surrounding Half-Life, I was not involved in. I had the PS2 version. I played the PS2 version, started it, played it, beat it, the end. Half-Life 2 comes along and holy fuck. Graphical upgrade, of course, because it's on another generation of consoles. Uh, story has more intrigue, sure. Uh, the... The, the aliens playing a bigger role, uh, striders coming into coming into play, uh, having a rocket launcher that has the mechanic of the rocket goes wherever the razor the laser breaks, uh, driving around the countryside in a basically a fucking go kart a a, bu- a dune buggy, awesome. This game I remember, I remember this game specifically for I think it was like three or four days in a row I got in the little I got in the dune buggy and I was driving around the coastline and I stopped at every single house on the way to the next objective I got out of the dune buggy I would walk around the house I would explore around the yard I would check the swing sets I'd look in the the garage areas I'd go in the house I'd fuck around with anything I could uh, I remember having the gravity gun specifically I and going into a house and finding a paint can, using the gravity gun to pick up the paint can, go outside and chuck that fucker in the air and not only watch it fly because I shot it, but watching where it landed, paint would splatter everywhere and thinking that was just the coolest shit in the world. <laughs> uh, go using the using the gravity gun to manipulate shit in that in that side, that countryside area was so much fun for me for so many days on end just manipulating the environment grabbing boards and making like seesaws and throwing shit down on them and seeing what I could if I could like rocket things using uh using my makeshift uh 
uh, apparatus. Fucking fun. Uh, going through Ravenholm for the first time and uh, flipping the bird to all the weapons that I have and just using the gravity gun and uh, and uh, uh, saw blades as weapons. Uh, getting the gravity gun upgraded uh, and having the ability to pick up bodies and home and enemies and home them across the screen and just not have to worry about them anymore. The gravity gun, period. Just the gravity gun makes Half-Life 2 so much better than, than Half-Life 1. Uh, such an upgrade. Such a such a generation and, and game leap from 1 to 2. Most deserving to be on a list like this. Last uh, for me is Sonic Adventure 2. Uh, I'm also, again, in this weird fucking odd category where I like Sonic Adventure. I've liked both of them. Uh, of course, this is, as it was for many people, this is one of my first Dreamcast games. I had this, yeah. uh, Soul Reaver, Marvel vs. Capcom 2, and Jet Grind Radio. That was my four Dreamcast titles. <laughs> I had played House of the Dead 2 and uh, Hydro Thunder at a friend's house, but I didn't own those. Anyway, I had Sonic Adventure. Uh, this was the first 3D foray aside from Sonic 3D Blast. And I enjoyed it for, for again, for what it was. This was back in the back in this day. This is a this was the Super Mario 64 of Sonic. I mean, it was a 3D representation. Uh, does it hold up? Well, no, not really. It's 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 got a lot of graphical hitches. It's definitely got a lot of uh, I don't know. It's it definitely seems off. But I enjoy Sonic Adventure. I always have. Sonic Adventure 2 comes out way better. You've got more characters to pick from. You have a light side and a dark side of characters to choose from. There's more collectathony stuff, which I'm always all about. Uh, has a has a another a different story. Uh, just I enjoy Sonic Adventure 2 so much compared to Sonic Adventure 1, but I still love them both. Uh, fun shame fact of mine is I played this game. Uh, I want to say about maybe close to a decade ago with the sole intention of trying to get all, I want to say it's 126 or 120 or something, the emblems that you get in this game, the, the yeah. collectible items you can get. Yeah, I tried to get all of them because when you get all the emblems emblems in Sonic Adventure 2, they there is a new level opened up that is basically a 3D remodel and remake of the Green Hill Zone. It was the first time this was ever done that I can recall. And I tried so hard. Some of the racing uh, portions <laughs> of that game just get so fucking stupid. Like, ridiculously hard. I think I got like 114 or 115 emblems. And it was a combination of being utterly fed up with trying. And some other game came out and I started playing it. But I've never been able to actually play that level. I've seen play. I've seen like let's plays and long plays where people have done it, and it does look awesome. But I've always I need to go back and do that. I need to get that. <laughs> I need to finish that, and I wouldn't mind yeah. even to this day. Uh, I think Sonic Adventure Two has been remade a few times. I know the original was on Dreamcast. I think there was Sonic Adventure Two Battle on uh, the GameCube, but. I, I again, I just want to stress that point. I like Sonic Adventures to to this day. I like both of them, but two is so much better. 
even even with Big the Cat being what he is, <laughs> I mean, I, 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 even though basically Tails and Robotnik's levels are pretty much equal, I mean, yeah. I, I like I like Sonic Adventure too. I loved it. I think it was way better than the first one, and uh, I put it on this list. So. Yeah, I hope that was a good mem- trip down memory lane for for both of us and for our audience as well. Um, again, the spirit of this was just a kind of a like, man, it sucks to be movies because movies has has a historically has a different take. You know, usually sequels. When you see sequels for a movie, it's like, oh no, it's not that good. Uh, games kind of skirt it out on the good side. So, uh, what about you? lovely audience what game sequels have come out that you've played or even that you've heard of or you know that are just way better than the original uh it can be any number and it could be whatever whatever it could be if if it is a direct sequel it just blows its predecessor out of the water you know that's good talk about it let us know uh what what of the games that we mentioned do you agree or disagree i mean maybe you think halo 3 is way better than halo 2 i mean that's fine let us know why tell us why um and any other topic we talked about today if you have any D stuff you'd like to input about uh any of the marvel movies that you may have seen uh any games we discussed anything you want to talk about we'd love to hear any feedback from you and i guarantee you you're going to hear it on this episode sometime soon uh many ways that you can get this feedback to us you can find us on facebook just go to facebook and search for end of time cast you can direct message us you can leave us a post on the wall uh, and we're pretty good about checking it, so we'll definitely respond to it. And it may be how you found this episode right here, so tell your friends, family, whoever, about the End of Time Cast on Facebook. You can send us an end, an email at endoftimecast at gmail.com. That's endoftimecast at gmail.com. No funny numbers in there. Just spell it as you heard it. We still have a Twitter page up. You can you can tweet at us. Just search Twitter page for End of Time Cast. Many ways to get feedback to us. Anything you want to talk about, we'd love to hear feedback from our audience. And uh, we're just going to keep going with these episodes. We gotta, we'll got we have another topic coming up. And uh, I think the one after that, we're going to be doing another uh, Game of the Year debate. Oh, great. Oh, <laughs> joy. Uh, but that's it for tonight's episode. So until next time, I'm Michael. I'm Chris. Good night, everybody. Good night.